following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the returning, after three weeks, the second busiest man I know, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, welcome back. We missed you. You're out on vacation. Only the- two weeks for my fault. Don't don't exaggerate. No, you were out for three weeks. I was three gone weeks. for three, but two only two were on me. <laughs> but don't worry. Mr. Consistency was here. Well, the third week was on you, but because you had all the equipment, you you had to just do it on your own time because of your work schedule. So the third one's not on me, and I'm going to stick to that. <laughs> this guy. But we're back. Tyler, I'm glad to have you back. I missed you. Well, good. Apparently when I leave, the Ravens just decide to completely die, so I can't leave anymore. <laughs> well, well, we... um. You know, with, well, thankfully the show didn't die without you. Although, although that one solo show I had to do made me a little sad. Made me a little <laughs> sad. I felt felt very lonely. So, but uh, we we've got uh, we. Yeah, you had to laugh at your own jokes. I did. I, I every now and then I laughed at my own jokes. It was it was a good time. Do you uh, insert like the insert studio audience laugh? Oh, I should get one of those those sound effects. I should just to, to get get all that going. At least, at least then someone would laugh at your jokes. I know. I know they're terrible. Uh, but week 15, Tyler, we got it all in the books. We had a, a crazy, crazy, crazy week. Um, games getting moved, COVID outbreaks. I, I I don't know what to make of it all, to be honest with you. it's It's been a lot. But we, we did get through this week. Um, we, we went from having two Saturday games to having two Monday games and two Tuesday games and only one Saturday game. I mean, <laughs> it was absolutely. Yeah, and only one new Ravens injury. Like this is a good week. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Just you, one. You guys have, I mean, it's like a sick ward over there. Honestly. I mean, it's guys, amazing that they're, that they're even have eight wins right now with everything going on, but I, I, I digress. Flabbergasted by it. But uh, we do have some scores to go through here, Tyler. Week 15, let's go ahead and jump in. Here are your scores from Week 15 in the NFL, starting out with the Thursday night game. Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs beat the Chargers 34-28. I talked about this with Alex Steele a little bit last week. Um, Hell of a game, and uh, you know what? Patty Mahomes doing Patty Mahomes things. Uh, You may be absolutely 110% right, Tyler. The, The other teams in this league missed the bus on putting the Chiefs away early. Am I right? Uh, I'm sticking with that. And it's, and it's looking even more and more obvious. I, my uh, my double down that they, they don't lose another game is starting to look like it's going to come to fruition. Yeah, they they really came out strong, winning this one in overtime. Um, you know, and, and to Justin Herbert's credit, he did keep up with the Chiefs pretty well throughout this whole game. Um, they, they took it to overtime. Chiefs come out with the win on the Tyreek Hill touchdown, and uh, they get it done. Next up, you got the Patriots and the Colts. Colts in dominating fashion, 27 to 17. And for the first time in about eight weeks, Mac Jones looks very, very human in this game. Did he not? Yeah, yeah, you know, he definitely did. But to me, this was one of Mac Jones' better games from a stats standpoint. Yeah, strictly like, from a statistical standpoint. Because, 
say. Because I'm not going to say he's not been good this year because he has been good. He's been very game-managing football, but he's not been like blow the light the world on fire good football. Right. I think I think Mac Jones is is kind of he he's looking like a young Tom Brady in a way where he he follows that agree. system and that Belichick system is very dink and dunk and I think it really matches what Mac Jones you know can do. Um, we had questions about his arm strength were were a lot of the questions heading into the draft. And we found now that, especially with that wind game that they, they had two weeks ago against the Bills, they said, ah, we don't really trust him throwing the ball in that kind of wind. So he I, it does say mean to me that there's an arm strength issue there. But he's still, I mean, 26 for 45. His completion percentage was down a little bit. He did have the two picks in this game. I think he looked a little more human than a lot of people thought he would look like against this Colts team. And this Colts defense looked great. But everybody knows that the story here is Jonathan Taylor. Is he the MVP this year? You know, you talk about um, the times that that a non-running back can win MVP or non-quarterback can win MVP, and this is looking like one of them seasons. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you 100 percent here. I I honestly think that the tides have somewhat turned in the situation because before we were talking about Jonathan Taylor having a great year. Now we're talking about, I mean, MVP caliber year where this guy, you know, he's going to be knocking on the door of 2,000 yards if he continues on this way. Um, dude's amazing. He's just amazing. And when when he came out of that draft, you and I both said that this kid is likely going to be the best running back out of this, that draft class, and he has proven it week in and week out, especially this season. He is, in fact, the best running back out of that draft class. I think MVP watch, you're looking at him right now. And what's unfortunate is there's there's another guy that should be an MVP watch that's a non-quarterback, but he's not getting talked about at all. And, and that's it, Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah. Because Cooper uh, he, Cup is on pace. I know I, I know we're probably gonna talk about that later, but Cooper Cup's on pace to to break Calvin's record. Yeah, he is on pace for and, that. And we are and and he's he's got 14 touchdowns in the year at 1600 yards. And granted, Jonathan Taylor's um what, what's his yards at right now? He's at he's at 1500. And he's 15 got touchdowns. And they're so we've got more touchdowns, but less yards. Like we're talking about Taylor, but we should be talking about Cooper Cup in the same same breath. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I feel like it's this year in particular is sort of strange because it's a little less quarterback heavy in that that MVP department. Am I right? Yeah, and like I think back to I believe it was 2012. Um, Adrian Peterson won MVP. Right. Um. I actually disagreed that year because that was also in which a season in which uh, Peyton also had over 5,000 yards and and broke the uh, touchdown pass record. Mm-hmm. But I, but that's a conversation where like okay it's easy to disagree with with Adrian Peterson there because like you you had like a obnoxiously great quarterback stat line. But this season, then it was like okay you could go Adrian Peterson or Peyton Manning and and you you couldn't be. You couldn't be mad about either result because it could go either way. This right. way, there, to me, there's not a single like obnoxiously great quarterback stat line to, to where you can tell Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup. No. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I I don't I don't think that that um, I, I think there's there's not a quarterback currently, at least in my opinion, in the discussion. I, I would I would go as far as saying that I I'm looking around this the the quarterbacks and I'm going maybe Aaron Rodgers. And that's about and, it. And I hate it, but Aaron Rodgers and Tom, Tom Brady are really the only two you can really discuss here. Maybe still Stafford. Did what? Um, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are really the only two. I mean, maybe Matt Stafford in this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, two, I, yeah but... I mean, 
and Stafford, and I think Stafford early looked like like he was in that zone. But I don't know if Stafford's in that zone. I mean, if I had to rate the three, I would go Rodgers, Brady, Stafford at this point. But, <coughs> but Stafford, uh, excuse me, Stafford's stat line's right on Brady's. Yeah, I, I just I feel like Brady has performed better with the better with the better QBR. And I, I feel Brady's performed better, and and I, I don't know. I I look at it and I'm like, uh, people are probably looking at Brady, and and I, I think Rodgers is to me out of the with like Cup, Taylor. Rodgers, I think Rodgers is the only one that can hold a candle to those two at this point in time. I really yes and no, but Rodgers is almost a thousand yards behind Stafford and Brady. Yep, but Aaron Rodgers is doing Aaron Rodgers thing. But the, but it, but Rodgers' big thing has always been the touchdown interception ratio. Yeah, yep, and that's that's what everybody. And that's my thing on Stafford is Stafford's touchdown interception ratio is better than Brady's and, and has a better completion percentage and has a better QBR than Brady. So yeah. I put Stafford over Brady. Yeah, and that and they they might be looking at it the same way. I just know that, and I believe that all the fanfare and all the things that are going on with with Tom Brady and and the way everybody looks at Tom Brady, it's Tom Brady, you know. And so that's why I think that that people are, are kind of looking at it the way that I am, where I'm just kind of going, you know, what's going that route. You you and I both know that like you know, Stafford, unless Stafford does something miraculous, uh, if Brady would be sitting above him on that that range. more than likely, I would I would agree, just because it's Brady. And that's kind of how I'm looking at it from that perspective. Um, speaking of guys that that should be looked at as uh, as defensive rookie of the year, we're talking about Micah Parsons here. The Cowboys go ahead and beat the Giants uh, last week, 21 to six. Man, Micah Parsons, dude, is he just? I mean, he had that really downtrodden section of his his time, and then he came back and and he's just fired off ever since. People talking about defensive rookie of the year. People talk I mean, about defensive player of the year in general. Yeah, defensive player of the year, first time for a rookie. I mean, what do you think about this, Tyler? I, I mean, we, we've got – I mean, I know you love Micah Parsons. Am I right? Is he the second coming of LT just in a Cowboys uniform? It's. I mean, it's It's kind of looking that way right now. Um, do I think he's going to win defensive player of the year? I think he ends up coming short of that. But it's still remarkable that we're talking about a rookie even being considered in that category this late in the season. Yeah, and we we've seen it. We I mean we've seen rookies like like kind of you know have those red hot seasons where we're going oh, I don't know this guy could be great, but he's right up there with the Aaron Donalds and, and T.J. Watts of the world right now. To and, me, it's gonna it, it, those are the two the two names that two to three names that I would pick that that, that would beat that would beat Parsons out for for defensive player of the year. Yeah, and what, I'd also throw Miles Garrett in there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll wind up talking about Micah Parsons shortly here. Uh, I do have, you know, kind of an interesting thought process on him, but I, I think he has, has set the world on fire. The Cowboys getting it done. The Giants, had they threw Mike Glennon out there. That obviously didn't go very well. Is it time? Is it Jake Fromm time in New York? I give him the shot. I don't know why they haven't. Yeah, I mean, 4-10, and ten, your season's lost. Put him out there. Hope for the best. See what you got in the kid, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Dolphins beating the Jets, thirty-one to twenty-four. The Dolphins have come alive after a horrific start to the season. They have just fired off. I think this is six in a row for them beating the Jets. Now I understand that it's the Jets, and I understand the Dolphins have beating been beating kind of ant teams. But here we go. The Dolphins back in the playoff picture, seven and seven. They're they're right on the cusp there they're in the hunt i can't believe i said that because they started out just a few weeks back we were talking about this team being three and seven has Tua found his 
you know, his his rhythm here. I, I, it's seeming that way. I, I still think they missed the playoffs because the AFC is a, is an absolute shit show. Right. Because in the AFC, where you got the say, well, I'm going to use the Vikings and the Saints as an example, where you have them that are seven seven in the playoffs, they'd be the 13 seed in the AFC. Right. Or tied for 13 up through nine. Like yeah. it's so close. One game can take you from the five all the way down to or even division win all the way down to out of the playoffs in the Ravens yeah. case. I think I think the, the Dolphins right now, in order to make the playoffs, they, they have to win out. I, I really believe that. I um, think damn near anyone that wants to make the playoffs is gonna to have to. Yeah. And and that's kind of what what it's looking like. But I, I think the Dolphins are this is a great step in the right direction for a team that we originally thought was going to be a playoff team, and they didn't. They stopped looking like a playoff team, and now they're kind of coming back to form. Um, and he does it without Jalen Waddle on the field, uh, who had who was on the COVID list, and and you know I, I thought it was pretty impressive. And as for the Jets, I mean, eh, you know, the, it's the Jets doing Jets things. Uh, I think they've looked better than they have in the past, but Zach Wilson. I'm looking at his numbers, and I'm really not thinking he's the answer for this Jets team. I, I don't know, and I understand he's a rookie, so we're going to have to give him some time. But, man, just just looking rough, isn't he? He is. He, he really is. I, I don't know I don't know what happened. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's the Jets. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. Yeah. Your upset of the week, though, is next up. The Lions go out and beat the Cardinals 30-12. to uh, the Lions, you know, I was joking with you guys uh, over the weekend when this game was going on, going, man, the Lions can't even lose right. Uh, they they lose that number one spot now, that number one uh, playoff, or that number one draft pick, rather, to the Jags. We'll get into that game in a second. Lions advance to 2-11-1. What the hell happened to the Cardinals in this game? I, I, what a I don't know. We're, we're talking about a team that was my Super Bowl pick, and for a while I was, I was looking like the one that was early to the punch there, and they... Still very well could, but Kyler Murray's not been the same since that injury. No, he hasn't looked good for several weeks now. And we're, I mean, a 23 for 41 stat line. He had a touchdown. He had a pick looking a little rough. I mean, even James Conner, who came off a, a really fantastic game a few weeks ago, um, James Conner not looking good. Uh, it was just a surprising situation. The the Cardinals were outplayed and outcoached in this game. Um I don't feel so bad now about the Vikings losing the Lions because the Cardinals just lost to the Lions and the Cardinals are 10-4. and four. So <laughs> I don't feel that bad anymore. But uh, still, man, what a surprise that turned out to be. And I think this, uh, with that win, I think Dan Campbell has a job at least for another season or two here, don't you? I I feel like he would have anyway. Okay, just the way, <laughs> we talked about it, just the way the team rallies behind him. But just it's, to me, honestly, you know, I'm going to say the opposite. I mean, that win should actually put him more in the – closer to being fired because he won for no reason right it was, it was a pointless win it really was it was senseless but I, I think that people wanted that feel-good moment and that's what that's what he gave them and i think i think dan campbell's kind of giving people kind of hope here and people are kind of rallying around him the team's rallying around him i mean good on him but we'll see if he can continue uh building on some degree of success moving on and you know it, it may work out for him in the sense that i feel like there's two really good options to go number one overall and right. if, so, it, so it's, it may not even matter. So that that win could end up be, being more for a more moral booster and, and not even lose anything in the draft. Yep. And and if they do wind up as number two in the draft, I mean, Hutchinson is that the answer? You're you're looking at pro- possibly Hutch at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, now, next up, the team that is now the number one 
uh, pick in the NFL draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they drop a painful one to the Texans, 30-16. to Texans, I mean, neither of these teams look good, but I had to watch the game. I wanted to see what the Jags were going to do post-Urban Meyer, and they did everything they were supposed to do. Uh yeah, they did. They lost intentionally, so they yeah, the well, a raw pick. <laughs> I don't know if it was intentional, but... No, both teams, they, they saw what lines were doing, like, okay, shoot, we need to try to lose this game. Yeah, I, I think um, one guy that, that I'm really happy to see that, that got a lot of carries in this game and got a lot of love was James Robinson. He's been suffering the last few weeks under that Urban Meyer shit show. I mean, we know what it was. Let's call it what it is. It was a shit show. But James Robinson comes alive in the game. 18 for 75, he gets a touchdown. You know, is James Robinson the best player on the Jaguars right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where I'm at. And I don't understand why why they weren't using him. Um, as for the other side, you know who looked strangely good in this game was Davis Mills with the Texans. I was very impressed with some of the throws he was making. That's the guy that I saw at his pro day. And and I'm going, huh, where'd that come from? Davis Mills looks, looked good in this game. And I understand it's the Jags. But is that a step in the right direction for Davis Mills? I mean, technically it is, <laughs> but I mean, I, I put it in the same bucket as, yeah, Fields had a good game, but what about the other five bad ones? Right, right, right. So, well, there you go. Davis Mills uh, gets gets the win here, and, and the Texans moved on to 3-11. and Jags fall to 2-12. and They're now the number one pick in the NFL draft currently. Next up, a beating. The Bills go ahead and beat the Panthers 31-14. Um, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills, I mean, they're, they're, they're winning the games they're supposed to win. I'll say that first. They're winning the games they're supposed to win. Um, but at the same time, they're losing the games that, you know, are those those tough-to-win type of games. They can't seem to get over that hump this year. This is one of those games that they were supposed to win. They go out and get it done. I mean, I think the Panthers, after that, that torrid start they got off to, they're toast, right? Yeah. Yep. And then on the other side, the Bills, I don't think the Bills look like a Super Bowl team. I just, no, they absolutely don't. They don't look like a Super Bowl team. They need a running back. I've been saying this for two years now. They need a running back, and they don't have one. Devin Singletary, even though he had a good game against a, a Panthers defense that has not been good recently, they need a better running back. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. But the Bills get it done 31-14. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. Uh, they're very disappointing. I think they're probably the most disappointing team right now. You know, wouldn't you? Yeah, because they 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 are intact from what they were last year. They had no difference. Right. They're not they're not fighting injury, they, but they just straight up aren't performing. Right. That's that's the big problem right now. And and they're they're on the brink. Like they're one of those teams right now where if they lose a game, they're out of playoffs. Every AFC team's like that right now. No, but, like, I mean, they, they were out of the playoffs, like, a week ago. We were talking them being the eight seed. I mean, that's that's insanity to me for, for a team that, that won their division, went to the AFC title game, the whole deal, had such a great season last year. Right now, sitting at eight and six, I don't know. I, I just have a lot of questions about that Bills team right now. and uh, But I, they don't look like a Super Bowl team. Another team that hasn't looked like a Super Bowl team since its star player went down, the Tennessee Titans drop one to the Steelers, 19-13. Steelers jump to 7-6-1. Titans drop to 9-5. Brian Tannehill not getting it done. No weapons over there. I mean, are the Titans cooked? Are they Are they about to be out? No, I think they're going to they're gonna squeak by and 
and get in because I think they got they're they're two ahead right now. But right. But, but the problem is that they they can squeak in. Their whole dynamic could change. It could. It very because well you're talking a scenario where their star player could be back. Right. If if their fortunes change, if they make the playoffs and and he comes back, their fortunes change immediately. You know because they that star player, you you get Derrick Henry back, and I think we're talking about the Titans in a completely different light. But right now they're dropping some heartbreakers to some very and, mediocre. And this and I'm not, you know I'm not even gonna say this is a heartbreaker. This was completely on the Titans. They they were up thirteen to ten with uh freaking in the late the fourth quarter they had three straight drives that ended in turnovers. Right. Fumble, interception, fumble. So they lost because they screwed up. Yeah. But I mean it isn't it still kind of a heartbreaker in that situation, knowing that you're up, knowing that it's a, a very beatable Steelers team. And and this this could have secured them. If you win ten games right now, if the Titans win ten, I, I there's no doubt in my mind I think they're in. Ten will not get you in the AFC. You don't think so? No, because eight's already already got you. eight is, is is already out of the playoffs right now. I I think I think they're gonna wind up. If I think ten will get them in. Eleven, there there will be an eleven win team that misses the playoffs in the AFC this year. Wow, and, and that's a bold prediction, Cotton. As it's, I would say. Um, so, but the Titans they drop one, and then is does does do you think Ben goes on the magic carpet ride into the playoffs? If does he win out? I mean, seven no. six and one. Could wind up, you know, 10-6-1. Still a miss. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the magic carpet ride is over for Ben. It's just the a- and it's not even it's not even against any team right now. It's the AFC has 14 teams that can make the playoffs that have at least seven wins. Right. It's so that, yeah. insane. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, now next up, you got a uh, just a, another beating. Uh, the, the Niners go out and beat the Falcons 31-13. I mean, the Niners suddenly, people, they're, they're quietly contenders. Am I the only one that has noticed this? That the I Niners, believe they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they're in the playoffs. And, and like, they're quietly contenders. Nobody's talking about the San Francisco 49ers right now. 49ers have been winning some games here. And really winning games in convincing fashion. I'm impressed with the 49ers right now. They're 8 I've been too. Jimmy's been playing uh, mistake-free football. Yeah. And, and it's it's been impressive, and I love this new kid, Elijah Mitchell. I know, and we're going to be talking about him shortly because he, he is, uh, you know, um, he does have a knee injury currently. But, I mean, even without Elijah Mitchell on the field in this past game, I mean, they got some great work out of, out of their running backs, did they not? I mean, you're, you're talking about this Jeff Wilson kid. I mean, I feel like this is just a plug-and-go offense for running backs. Uh, it's they they just get away with it every time. They they oh this guy's hurt. Oh Raheem Mostert's hurt. Oh here's Elijah Mitchell. Oh Elijah Mitchell's hurt. Here's Trey Sermon. Oh here Trey Sermon's hurt. Here, and, and and they're just plug and go, aren't they? Oh for sure. Yeah. Every running back seems to come in and playing well. Yeah. I mean if you're a running back, the 49ers is the place to be at this point. I, I think that scheme is just out, outstanding. It's incredible. Um next up you got the Bengals. They squeak one out against the Broncos, fifteen to ten. The uh, the Bengals, man, uh, they're they're still, you know, firing on all cylinders here. They're they're still squeaking out some tough wins. This was a tough defensive battle, and um, you know, the big news out of this game was was the Teddy Bridgewater injury. I gotta tell you, that was one of the most scary things 
I've ever seen. I, I wow, him diving over and smashing his face into the ground. What a terrifying injury! I, yeah, he was out, man. He was out. Um, Drew Locke came into the game and actually played pretty well. I was I was actually pretty. I know you're a, you're a Drew Locke hater, and and I get it. But he actually didn't play too bad in that brief period of time that he was out there. Um, almost brought him back to a W. So, I mean, it, it, I was pretty impressed with old Drew Locke um, coming in there and, and filling in nicely. Uh, he's set to make the start this week. We'll jump into that soon as well. Uh, next up, your boys drop a tough one. Tyler, when is your coach going to learn not to chase points when it's not necessary? So... I had some time to think about this one, and at first, in our group chat, I said that I, I disagree with the, 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 the Sierra game. I agree with it, and this one I didn't. As I had time to think about it, I, I've changed my mind. Yeah? With um, Say they kicked the extra point. With 40 seconds to go, Aaron Rodgers was going to get a field goal. And that's possible. I mean, that, so that I, is— I, I, So now I can kind of see, it's like, you know what? Get ahead and force him to have to get it. Yeah. So and... I, I still agree with it. I, I still I still like— I still don't like the like the idea of doing it with Huntley in the game, despite how good Huntley played. But I, I'm not fully against either call, I, especially I, with the way the defense has been in the Sear game. We we had actually lost uh, Humphrey on that last drive. Right. So in that game, I, I agree with it. Then like, hey, like your defense cannot stop the Steelers. Put it in your put it in your playmaker's hands right now. To me, I would just take the extra point. And and I, I understand, you know, you lost Humphrey. I understand, like, to me, it's it's tie the thing up. Hope you can get to overtime. Do what you can. At the same, you know, okay, you're going to force him to get the field goal. But if Aaron Rodgers, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to come down the field. If he kicks the field goal, you still lose the game, right? So, I, I don't know. I, I would just tie it up and hope he doesn't get the field goal. Take the surefire. At least, at least if you hold him, you get overtime. Yeah, you know? and, I, and I and I see that logic too. But I, I do think there's a level of uh, if the Ravens got both extra points, we'd be it'd be a completely different conversation we're having. I think so. There's, there's definitely a sense of like having conversations in hindsight is definitely a thing too. I mean, you, and you can look at that in, in just about every game as well. It, yeah, if people, they, people, there, there'd be a, it'd be it'd be less hate and a lot more talking. You, you be, we'd actually be locking up Harbaugh for Coach of the Year had he got two, both of that two two point conversions tries. Right, and but, and but the fact I, is that he didn't. So I, he, I, and I I understand like people if if he gets those points, I think everybody is going, huh? But you know he and he did everything he could to win that football game, you know, and he he killed it. And and to me, I I just. I understand the conservative play call there. Like, I guess there's an occasion where getting ballsy, getting ballsy when you know it's like, you know, middle of the fourth quarter and you got a chance to take a lead and, and really put this thing, you know, possibly on ice and momentum's in your favor and whatever else. When you got a couple seconds left, man, and, and you're getting ready to take that two point conversion, and, man, that's that's rough. That's oh, and, a, I, and, I, and, I, and I agree with you. It's gutsy. It, it's. But the opinions on it definitely do still seem to be split. So there's definitely a lot of people that like. That, I mean, I can, I see both sides of it. I yeah. really do. I do too. And and if it was Lamar, I might be. Ha- I might have also had a different tune as well. Huntley played yeah. this game. Yeah, and, and Huntley played well. And, and this is another thing we talked about too. Um, Huntley is not the best backup quarterback in the league. 
but he is the best backup for the Ravens situation. I agree with that. He's the most. He's he's the he's the he's the closest backup that's able to mirror the starting quarterback's ability. Yes. Or not I, maybe not may not ability, but game plan. Yeah, he he's the exact type of quarterback. Basically, he's the same type of quarterback. Um, he's a little more of a pure pocket passer than than Lamar is, but he can do all of the things that Lamar can do. Yeah, he's a bit he more of a pure pocket passer. He's not as um quite not as, as agile. Yeah, but um he's um and his their passing styles are are actually kind of very different too. Huntley's more if you look at like the average completion, um Huntley's more of a dink and dunker. Right. And I think I think it's because of his deep ball, at, which is weird that I'm about to say this. That um the um Lamar is is more that deep ball accurate passer versus Huntley, which is crazy because you know from where we come, like Lamar is top five in deep ball accuracy this year. Right, that's crazy to me. But either way, I mean Huntley moved very well, and at one point I was nervous about this team if Lamar doesn't play. I, I still am, especially I mean particularly the injuries. But I'd, I'd love to see how Huntley can play when you have a full healthy lineup. Could be interesting, and you could find yourself if if that happens. Do you consider Tyler Huntley for a long term contract? If he's willing to stay, I, I think you, if it, I think if you kept him happy enough, you, you could he could kind of be that Taysom Hill style role. Yeah, but if he I plays well, I, I think you're talking a situation where teams are like, hey, like let's have let's give Huntley a chance to be our quarterback, and if that's the case. Ravens need to sell high. Yep, exactly, exactly. I, I don't want it to happen because um, Huntley makes make, makes me confident in in the in the Ravens' future with, with a healthy roster. Because this year's just a shit show, as we've talked about. Yeah, that that this that this team can be one of the teams that can move on successfully if their starter were to go down. Yeah, it's it makes for an interesting situation with the Ravens. I I do like um I do like how Huntley plays in this game. I want to see. And who knows if Lamar is going to be back this week? He hasn't practiced so far. Um, we're going to find out if if uh, Huntley is is going to be the starter this week. The Ravens are are basically hinging their playoff hopes on him at this point, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. This one, this is the must-win game. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Saints shutting out the Bucks in honestly one of the most boring games I've ever watched. Nine to nothing. Um, when is Tom Brady going to figure out this Saints defense? Because he hasn't been able to figure out for the last two years. Fun fact. In, so, obviously, we know they beat the Saints in the playoffs last year. Right. But in the regular season, since Tom Brady has been here, he is 0-4 against the Saints. Yep. But not only is he 0-4, in all four of those games, he's lost by two possessions <laughs> or more. Is that is that a condemnation on Brady, or is it just talk of how good Sean Payton has been coaching and how good that the, the Saints defense has been this year? Because they have been a good defense this year. I'm going to say both because not a few weeks ago we were talking about how Brady Bucks had came off two in a row bad games and then they came out and beat the brakes off the Giants as we expected. But that homecoming of okay that he he got his frustration that we're back now ended quick because here we are again in two games in a row because last week even though they won Brady was not very good yep so 
10 and 4 doesn't spell the spell the story of what this team is right now. I think this is more of a condemnation on Brady because he lost his major weapons. He lost Mike Evans. He lost Chris Godwin. He lost Leonard Fournette. Granted, he still had Ronald Jones out there. And he obviously didn't have Antonio Brown, who was serving a three-game suspension. But I think this is like a father time situation here. Because what it sounds like to me is Tom Brady, he he used to be able to get it done with kind of, you know, questionable players out there in New England for a while. He was doing it with just, you know, a who's who of, of low-end draft picks and, and weak free agency signings. Now, well, I don't have Evans and I don't have Godwin and I don't have Brown and I don't have Fournette and I've got Scotty Miller out there. Eh, Zero points. He goose eggs it. So, even though the Saints defense has been really great, and I know Sean Payton has a tendency to play Brady really hard, I don't know. I, a part of me thinks, like, maybe we were right all along when we said, oh, well, Brady just went to this team because they were fully loaded. And and now that he's lost these players, and we'll, we'll talk about Chris Godwin here shortly, but I, I don't know. I feel like this might be a condemnation on Brady. Like, he can't get it done without these guys on the field. Right? I mean, is, is, can we feel that way? I, it's kind of looking that way. I, I want another game to sample size that, but it's kind of appearing that way. Yeah. So I, I have questions about Tom Brady right now and, and his ability. I, I feel like Father Time's catching up to him right now. So we're going to see how he does moving forward. Next up, so I, I talked about this uh, uh, last week with Alex. It was one of those games that got flexed out because of a lot of COVID protocols. The Raiders beat the Browns 16 to 14. I'm glad the Raiders beat the Browns in this game, to be perfectly honest with you. I felt like this whole thing was a severe conflict of interest. Um, this game should have never been pushed back to Monday night. The league sent out a memo earlier this year saying, hey, we're not pushing games back because of COVID protocols. And this game still got flexed out. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that J.C. Treader was the, uh, the president of the NFLPA. So I'm and, and I have problems with this game being played where it got played. A lot of people did. I still have an issue with it because J.C. Treader is the one that was pushing for it. And last year, the Raiders had to go into a game and play with a makeshift offensive line. Last year, the Broncos had to have a wide receiver at the quarterback position. I just don't think this game being played here was right. But I will say I am ecstatic that the Raiders won this game 16 to 14. I'm ecstatic that the Browns couldn't get it done. Um, and and this this may was like kind of like, you know, Browns getting their just desserts here um, and having to kind of eat this one because they still got to push back and they still lost. So, I mean, are, are the Browns, I mean, they were they fool's gold last year, Tyler? They're, I mean, they're about the same they were last year. Let's be completely honest. They were... They were good last year, but they were more of a late season got hot. Right. I mean, right now, I don't think they're even hot as it is, right? No, they're not. They're, they're more like just in tune with what they kind of just were, just kind of floatingly above average last year. But they're, yeah. they're not even that right now. Well, they got hot early in the season this year. And we were all looking at it going, oh, here come the brownies. And then they have really petered off here. In the last couple of weeks, they, they've really wilted. And that's where I think we're at now. I think the Browns are, are kind of wilting at the, the end of the season here. I think the Browns missed the playoffs. 
I don't, I, I don't, I don't think you're going to see him in the AFC playoffs. I don't think so. I'm, I'm starting to think you might only see one North team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it's even, like, even even though all four are still in play, just, yep. just with the way AFC's been, it's it's, it's it's also damn near impossible to predict. One loss at this point for any AFC team could eliminate you. Yeah, I, I think the Browns miss. I, I don't I don't and I think they're them along with the Bills right now, the Browns and the Bills right now are looking like the season's biggest disappointments as far as teams go um to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's kinda how it's looking. So um a lot of questions there um in the AFC and, and in the AFC North. But next up we've got a team that is I mean, just fighting their way to the gravitational pull toward 500. The Vikings wind up back in the back at seven and seven. They're the number seven seed in the, the playoffs right now. They beat the Bears 17 to nine in Soldier Field. Um, you know, the Vikings defense got this one done, and I got to tell you, I was pretty impressed with with how this defensive, especially their front, played. The front seven was absolutely tremendous in this game, getting tons of pressure, getting it done. Um, Kirk Cousins did not play well in this game, and uh, the Kirk stands out there are going to try and defend it as much as they can, but he did not play well in this game. Akeem Hicks just owns the Vikings right now. I, I <laughs> that If there's anybody owning anybody, Aaron Rodgers, it's Akeem Hicks owning the fucking Vikings because that man was out of control during this game, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he, he definitely was. Yeah. I mean, him and... And him and Delvin Cook, they're, they're always going back and forth. It's, it's a really fun uh, uh, thing to watch. But I feel like Akeem Hicks just has the Vikings number every year. Every time we face Chicago, it, it goes that route. Vikings beat them here. I'm happy with the win. Um, but I'm not – I mean, it was an ugly one. It was an ugly grind them out one. Kirk Cousins, this is the second game in, the row, in a row that he's looked rough. Do you – I mean, are we – are we over here looking at Kirk Cousins going, what the hell is going on? Or are we just chalking this one up to a great defense at the Bills? Or the Bears, rather. I don't know. I mean, Bears defense has been pretty solid all year. So I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna put it more on the, on, on the defense. Right. I am going to say that, that the Vikings, Kirk, and I have questions about Kirk because the Bears didn't, they had a bunch of backups in. They had an entire backup secondary. Um, a lot of guys out on COVID and whatnot. And, and Kirk just looked, I mean, the, the front four of, of Chicago is just blistering. I mean, they just they just hammer on Kirk Cousins every time they play. Um, next week, they got a really fun one going up against the Rams. Yeah, I, I, I think the Vikings, it, it's, it, they've been getting strange wins. And that's what I'll call them, strange wins from, from different parts of their football team. These last two. Nobody expected Dalvin Cook with an injured shoulder against Pittsburgh to come running for 200 and some odd yards. Nobody expected the Vikings defense, regardless of how bad Justin Fields sucks. Um, nobody expected the Vikings defense to, to come out and be able to shut down uh, an, an opposing offense the way that they did. Uh, Justin Fields did not look bad in this game. He outplayed Kirk Cousins. He, had, he was 26 for 39, 285. He had a touchdown, 103 QBR. He just couldn't get any drives going. And, and for as many three and outs as the Vikings had, um, as many turnovers as the Vikings created, you know, they couldn't sustain drives. Justin Fields, horrible in the red zone. My God, horrible in the red zone. Um, he, he fumbled the ball a pair of times. I mean, it, it's, it was just a wild football game. The Vikings kept grabbing turnovers and burning clock, and they got away with one here. So the Vikings pull one out 17-9. to, nine, 17 to nine. They're in the playoff hunt. 
And then two games that got flexed out, flexed out for Tuesday night. The Eagles go ahead and beat the Washington football team 27-17. You know, I, I got to tell you, the story of this game to me, it wasn't Jalen Hurts, even though Jalen Hurts looked really good in this game. It was Miles Sanders in this game. He was fantastic um, against this, this Washington football team. And this was a Washington football team without Taylor Heineke on the field. Um, they did not look like themselves without him in the fold. Do you think this game goes a different direction with Taylor Heineke on the field? No, I think the Eagles are are truly hot right now. Yeah, I think, like, that, I think they're really picking and not, up. Not Dolphins hot, but they've been very hot. And then you're looking at a scenario where they're, they've got themselves back in the playoff situation. Yeah, they're they're in the hunt right now. And uh, I, I think that, that the uh, the Eagles are, are something to behold at, at the current moment. Um, Jalen Hurts has gotten – he's starting to figure it out. And, and I really think he's got control of this football team right now. Uh, we thought he was trash early on, but he seems to have turned it around midway through the season. I think this is a completely different quarterback, right? I It is. Uh, and he's he's still been kind of hit or miss, but he's been playing very, very good. I, I, I like the, the way he, he's headed with this team. Yep, and I think the, the Eagles have finally put some more trust into Miles Sanders, too, because Miles Sanders for the last couple of weeks has been really good as well. He's he's come alive after a, a horrible start. I mean, just a horrific start. They started utilizing him, and, and he's been getting it done consistently um, over the course of the last couple of weeks here. So I, I want to see if is Miles Sanders, is he going to be the competition for, for you know, the is he actually going to be legitimate competition for Jordan Howard? At this point, do you think this is Miles Sanders' football team now that he's got the hot hand? Um, it always it, was. Jo- Miles Sanders, even when he was bad, is better than Jordan Howard. Well, Jordan Howard. I hate look- Jordan Howard. I know you hate Jordan Howard. He did look good for a couple of games on Myers. For a Miles- couple games. But, but Miles Sanders, was, he's never been good for a whole season. Right. Did, the way Miles you, Sanders was last year. Right. Do you think Miles Sanders, do you think this is going to be his football team moving forward? Do you think the Eagles are going to move away from him ever again? Or are, do you think they're going to continue to run him now? And he'll still have have his hit or hit or miss, but it won't be Jordan Howard. That's the problem. To me, it's more Boston Scott that's more of an issue for, for him than, than Howard. Oh, okay. I appreciate but, that. I do like Boston Scott. I, I, but it's I, it's going to be Sanders is to lose, but and Sanders does have a consistency issue. But I think Boston Scott proves to be a good number two. Yeah, I think he's a good change of pace back as well, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, the other Tuesday game, the Rams go out, beat the Seahawks 20-10. to 10. Um Russ looks rough in this game. The Rams get it done. Uh, you know, and, and I got to tell you, Tyler, Sony Michelle making you look like a fool. For one week. That's fine. <laughs> 18 y- carries, 92 yards, 5.1 average. Last couple of weeks, Sony Michelle's looked good. Um, he was getting it done. But Matt Stafford, you know, he didn't. He, he played a lot of game-managing ball. Uh, the Seahawks got weirdly hot for about a week or two there, winning some weird games. And and the Rams finally said, yeah, that's enough of that. You're going to be five and nine by the time this this game ends. And the Seahawks, sure enough, they're five and nine. Um, a lot of people this in, in the Seahawks fan base feel like they get, they got robbed at a pass interference call, and they did. But at the end of the day, I, I'm I'm going to pull a Tylerism here, and I'm going to say you never put it in the refs' hands. And, yeah. and that's it. they put it in the refs' hands, and the refs, you know, took the win away from them. The Seahawks lose one. I think they're done. I, I think we're we can can we officially say that the Seahawks are not going to be in the playoffs this year? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's it. And uh, those are your scores 
for uh, week 15 in the NFL. We're going to take a quick break right here, and we'll be right back with some Tyler's Top 10, some rookie rankings, all that good stuff. We'll be back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. Uh, I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, one of my co-hosts, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean, who is so out of practice recently that he just missed his cue. It's a false cue. I thought it was going to be just like, like, just like an easy bring, and I didn't know it was going to be an official bring back. <laughs> You're just out of practice. Come on, admit it. You need to get that. And, re- I, and I could argue that you didn't wait the full five seconds to even give me a chance anyway. Well, I was I was waiting for a second, and then I was like, "Is he going to talk? Is he going to talk? I better just go for it." <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Well, welcome back, folks. Uh, don't worry, Tyler. We got plenty of spotlight for you because uh, it's time for a little segment that we like to call Tyler's Top Ten. Tyler's Top Ten, and uh, Tyler, I know you've got your top ten. Uh, Rookie rank, or well, we got our rookie rankings, but we got your top ten uh, uh, performances of the week. Um, and I know you you sent them over to me. I'm pretty excited about them. I got to tell you just real quick, your top performances made it very very difficult for me to actually come up with Freytown's forgotten five. This See, week. I I would argue that that my top performances that that um it wasn't me. It was the league and the in the stat line this week made it hard for you. It, well, it, it did, but it was a very defensive week in the NFL, wasn't it? It was. The, the, the quarterbacks did not look good in this game, in any or in this week. There were very few, very, very good quarterback performances this week. I mean, outside, uh, yeah. the, guy, the, outside of the guy that's sitting on, on the top of your list, which we'll get to. But I, I, it made it very, very difficult. It was a tough thing to do. And I, I, I found him, but man, that, that was tough. But... Tyler, hit me with some of that Tyler's top 10. All right. Number 10, Jeff Wilson, 21 carries, 110 yards and a touchdown. Huge game. Like we said, plug and play for the, the San Francisco 49ers. I feel like they can just, you know, they can just put any old running back in there and, and that running back is going to wind up being successful in that system, right? I It's it just it, every every running back that comes in winds up having a, a solid performance. And Jeff Wilson is no different in this situation, right? Hundred percent. They just kind of plug and play, and they, they seem to make it work. Right. 
Number nine, a guy we haven't talked about in quite some time, Brandon Cooks, seven receptions, 102 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. You know, Brandon Cooks has been having himself a quietly good season. Um, he, he'll have occasionally have some games like this where he just blows the hell up. 102 yards, two touchdowns on the day. I understand that it's, you know, the Jags and, you know, he wasn't taking on anybody worth note and whatever else. Brandon Cooks is still the number one receiver, and he's still putting up these numbers with, you know, a, a pretty shoddy quarterback in Davis Mills, who actually in this game had himself a decent game. And it, fun fact, he's actually on pace for his career best. Right. Yards. Right. So, I mean, when I'm I'm looking at, at Brandon Cooks here, I, I see a guy who he's a thousand yard receiver. He's the number one over there. And I don't know if he's necessarily quarterback proof because early last year he looked really rough around the edges. But, you know, when he gets hot, he gets hot. And I think right now, you know, if, if they get him a, a really good, viable, high end quarterback in that system, he's going to wind up being a stud. I would agree. Number eight, out of nowhere, Duke Johnson, 22 carries, 107 yards, and two touchdowns. Right. Who saw this coming? Where's <laughs> this guy been? Yeah, so so a few weeks ago, it, it's funny that he gets mentioned here. A few weeks ago in our fantasy league, I realized that he got picked up, and I was going to start him. I, I picked him up, and I was like, hey, maybe I'll start him. And I'm lucky I didn't because he had a really poor performance. But I, I'm like, you know, he's still around there. And Duke Johnson is still a viable running back in this league. and and Every now and then, the Duke comes running out and just beats the shit out of somebody. And this was that week. He just comes in and just tears it up. I, you know, he was one of those guys that I don't feel like he got like a fair shake. And he always got overshadowed in, when he was in Cleveland and always got overshadowed when he was in Houston. And, and now he's really getting a, a true shot, sort of. Um, yeah, I, I really like Duke Johnson a lot. I, I and And like I said, every now and then he gets. He gets that big that big week. Yeah. And this is that big week where Duke Johnson just says, Hey, I'm still a member of this league. Do you think Duke Johnson at some point gets picked up outside of Miami and becomes the starting running back? Or do you think he takes over the role for Miles Gaskin at all? I think he's just gonna be a career backup. A very a good backup at that, but I think he's a career backup. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kinda with you there, but I, I do feel like at some point somebody's gonna take that risk, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> you know, somebody's gonna, <laughs> you know, it's coming. <laughs> God, the Duke. <laughs> oh. Number seven is Mr. Rogers discount dup doppelganger. Oh God. Oh God. Maybe, maybe uh, that, that doppelganger can play quarterback. Who knows? He, he sure looked like it, but couldn't he actually look more like Rogers and Rogers does, but yeah, well, I don't know. He he looked like more of a homeless Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers always looks homeless, but he this guy looked. Like he's got that long hair. Yeah, he kind of looked like he smelled like cat pee. I'm not gonna lie. He was he was kind of in that in that vicinity there. Um, Rodgers had himself, you know, another good game though. I mean, this is this is Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. Um, you know, he he goes out. He beats he beats a Ravens team. He gets three touchdowns on the day. Two sixty eight. I, I mean. A 141 QBR in the whole situation. I, I think Rodgers. We had a very, very, very good game. Yeah, he's he's knocking on the door of of that that MVP situation wherever he goes in this offseason because I don't think he's going back to the Packers and I think I think Devontae Adams is going to follow him. 
But he had himself a damn good game and uh, uh, put a hurting on the the old Ravens and their playoff chances there. Even though the Ravens are uh, are still uh, standing tall atop that division, they are not. They're out of the playoffs. Oh, are they out of the playoffs currently? Tiebreaker with the Bengals. Wow, wow! I didn't even realize. I thought they were still on top. We're like I think we're the ten seed. Wow, that's craziness. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers puts a hurting on you guys. Um, is he? I mean. Is he the best Green Bay quarterback of all time at this point? Yes. Do you think? Do you think he is? Yes. Yeah, I I think he is. I I think I love Brett Favre. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Brett Favre. But but I I, I think Aaron Rodgers has gotten to the point where he is the best quarterback in in Green Bay history at this point. Better than Star. Brett than- Brett Favre should have to request to be in Aaron Rodgers' presence. I don't I don't agree with that. He's <laughs> twice as he, Rodgers is twice as good as Brett Favre. I don't agree with that either. I think they're they're both very very high end quarterbacks. I just think that that Rodgers has simply at this point at this stage of his career he's gone over the top and and he's he's overtaken Favre as the greatest uh, Packers quarterback of all time. But I love me some Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, Favre is very good. He's also very good at throwing interceptions. Yeah, he's he's a, but that's what happens when you have a gunslinger. That's what happens. That's that's the yeah, Rodgers will go down as the as the most accurate quarterback of all time. I think. Yeah, I, I think he's he's uh, a very cerebral quarterback, and and that's that's what we've seen out of Aaron Rodgers. He just he breaks things down in his mind faster than anybody, and says, "Oh, it's like yeah, a he, he's he's not a five thousand yard quarterback. He never will be, but nope. he's always he's always going to be in that thirty five to four thousand. But if you're throwing single digit interceptions every year, then you take that every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, I agree. Number six, Tyreek Hill. 12 receptions, 148 yards, and a touchdown. Big game for old Tyreek. We'll wind up getting him uh, pretty shortly here because we do have some Tyreek Hill news. He had himself a big game in this one, including the game winner. Um, just just a, a, a great game for him. I, I like Tyreek Hill a lot. Uh, he He's starting to come back. For a while, he was a little quiet, a little quiet, and it was a little hit or miss with the Chiefs. He's come back this year to, to show – Hey, I'm still the number one around here. I'm I'm the head honcho. You keep feeding me the football. 148 and a touchdown, 12 receptions. I mean, huge game. Huge, huge game. What's funny oh. is Tyreek's never been the number one there, which is insane. Yeah, technically speaking, he never has. But From a I, stat standpoint, but receiver-wise, yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So, I mean, Tyreek, to me, he is, he is the number one receiver. Um you know, definitely not the number one target for Patty Mahomes. <laughs> to me, he's the number one receiver. Um, yeah, big game for him. I like everything that he does. The speedster. He shows up in overtime. He gets it done, takes him over the top, and and really cements the Chiefs to atop that division. Uh, yeah, Patty Mahomes, is. he's got to be happy that Tyreek has kind of come alive in recent weeks um, to, to guide this team. So, yeah, I, I can dig it. Number five. Cooper Cup, nine receptions, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. This has become like the norm from Cooper Cup, hasn't it? It has. It it really it, has. The the norm. And and I, you know, so Cooper Cup was really really good a few years ago with Jared Goff, but I think the the rapport between Stafford and Cup right now is uncanny. And and Stafford loves throwing the ball his way, and he's been putting up all these these tremendous numbers. I, I forget how many games it was. It, it it's been in a row. He he's had over a hundred yards and you know at least eight receptions or something. But I mean, it's they were they were talking about this this trend of his and and right now, I mean he's set to break records. So um, 
Cooper Cup just just doing it. I, do you think he breaks Calvin's record? Do you think he's getting to that point? He's getting damn close. The extra game is going to help. Yeah, yeah, the extra game is going to be a big helper for a lot of these records, really. But, but I mean, you you said it yourself. He's on pace right now. I think he could do it. And and he it could. Would, I, think, I think they'll try. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty exciting if he did. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, number four, uh, to me, uh, you, you'll probably disagree, but probably not by a whole lot. But to me, the new number one tight end in all of football, Mark Andrews, 10 receptions, 136 yards and two touchdowns. You know, Andrews, uh, early on in the season, he was a little like, meh, you know, he was, he was good. It's not to say he was bad. Um, early on, he, he had a sort of a lull at a certain point. Um, recently he's been really rock solid teams love it, to target him. And um, looking at stat lines, uh, looking at him and Kelsey, they're within, they have the same amount of targets. They're within two receptions, within four yards, and within one touchdown right. of each other. I mean, currently, I mean, yeah, 600, uh, well, actually, I, I got a, I'm looking at the wrong, the wrong stat sheet here, damn it. Um, I mean, currently, he's, he's in great shape. I, I like the, uh, I like everything he's been doing. Um, let's see here. He's, he's over 1,000 already, which is crazy. Pretty freaking cool. Eighty-five. Are, are we fair to say that Andrews and Kelsey are one and two, though? Regardless yeah. Of how you want to? How you want to group them? I, I know last. I know going into this year, there's a lot of conversations about Waller and Kittle being better than Andrews, but I don't. I, I think that's been debunked. I think it's been debunked for Kittle based on his durability, and and we always talk about availability being a big deal. Um, now, now, now you got Waller, who's barely played this year. He's played ten I, games. But. And that's that's another thing. Waller has been hurt. I mean, he's been in and out of games. He's been playing kind of hokey pokey here. Yeah, I I think I can honestly say I right now as it stands currently, I think we're talking about Andrews and Kelsey being one and two, um, with with kind of Waller, Kittle, and and Gronk kind of chasing. Um, yeah, Gronk Gronk has had a good year. I'll give him that. Yeah, I, I think that's about where we're at here. And you know, with with the tight ends. Um, you know, and, and there's, there's some other decent ones out there, but I think those are about your top five right now. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Number four, or I'm sorry, number three, Jonathan Taylor, 29 carries, 170 yards and a touchdown. Isn't it crazy to say that that's your number three? Yeah. 170 yards on the ground is number three. That That's insanity to me. I mean, I, I just, uh, that uh, on the ground, you know, and like, like, the other performances may be better. You know, they, they probably are. I saw your list. I mean, to me, yeah, I, I think the other two performances are better, but 170 yeah, yards. You, you got, you got the out of order list though. But. Yeah. But still 170 yards being number three, like holy balls. <laughs> the fact that that was number three, it, that should say something about the offenses in this league and some of the things that went on this week. But, um, yeah, I, I love Jonathan Taylor. We were talking about him earlier. I think he's MVP can, candidate. I think he's that MVP caliber player. He's a stud, and nobody – I knew he was good. I didn't think he was going to be this good. This is like 2,000-yard rushing Jonathan Taylor that we saw at Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's on that level. And and one thing that I want to point out as far as Jonathan Taylor goes, it seems as though – He's really figured out this this um, this interceptions thing or this uh, fumbles thing rather these turnovers. Ball control has been been awesome from Jonathan Taylor. He hasn't lost a whole lot of of fumbles he's, this year. He's fumbled three and two of them were lost. Right, 
So only three fumbles. We were talking about, you know, him coming out of Wisconsin being like a five, six fumble guy. He's only got three this year. And we're talking about, I mean, just enormous numbers. That offense in Indianapolis runs through Jonathan Taylor. And I just, I think this guy's amazing. I'm, I'm excited about, about him. I think he's, for the next several years, you're going to see him very much in the same light that you see Derrick Henry. He's a pro bowler. He's been obviously voted to the pro bowl. Do you think the Colts have a real chance with Jonathan Taylor in that backfield to make a run for the Super Bowl? I do. I do too. I do. I, I'm 100% on board with it. So if they can get, if they can get went some a little bit better receiving core, I think they'd be dangerous. Yeah, the fact I, I don't know what happened with Michael Pittman this year. He's kind of fallen off, but I think a Hilton lot of, as well. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know you got Jonathan Taylor getting such a monstrous workload. I mean. We're talking, I mean, carries per game, especially recently, 21, 32, 16, 32, 29 in the last five games. So I think that might have a lot to do with it and and what he's been accomplishing too because, I mean, 116, 185, 83, 143, 170. I mean, just huge numbers. This guy is going to be a number one running back in this league for a long time as long as he stays healthy. And Jonathan Taylor throughout his career has not had durability issues. So – I think even with the big workload, I think you're going to see about four or five years of Jonathan Taylor being a stud running back nonstop until maybe an injury bug hits him. He's hitting Derrick Henry level right here, right? Yeah, he, he for sure is. Yeah, that's what I believe. So, yeah, good on good on Jonathan Taylor. I'm excited for him. I just I'm so I, he's such an exciting player to me. Number two, Patrick Mahomes, 31 for 47, 410 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Patty Mahomes, man, golly, the the way he's come on recently, the way the Chiefs have come on recently, he's really taken it by the horns. Um, and and he had such a slow start to the season, and I just I love the way he's turned it up late, uh, retaking control of that that division, retaking control of that team. Are the Chiefs Super Bowl contenders again? I mean, are are we looking at them in that light? Are they are they potential contenders in this situation? They, I, we, we're talking. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, I, I think we are. And and the the fact that they've they've gotten hot at the right time. We saw this. I, I always reference this. Teams getting hot at the right time. Like Eli Manning got hot. You know that was a what was it a, a nine and seven football team. He got hot for like the last six games of that Super Bowl run. You know it was almost a decade ago now. But you know, he got hot for like the last seven games, won seven in a row, went to the playoffs, just swept the playoffs out and went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. And and um, yeah, I think this is kind of what we're seeing out of out of Kansas City, except it's Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes has been hot for several years now. <laughs> and now he, and then he got a little cold to start the season, but he got hot at the right time. Chiefs are looking awesome. And I think you could be seeing another Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl again for the for what the third year in a row. So get ready for it, Tyler. And number one, same team, Travis Kelsey, ten receptions, one hundred and ninety-one yards and two touchdowns. Been a while since we heard Travis Kelsey um, you know, having such a huge game. Um 191 yards is just gigantic. He had some lulls this season. I mean, you're looking at, you know, the Eagles, 23 yards, the Giants, 27 yards, the Broncos, 27 yards, the Raiders, 27 yards. He's had some pretty, you know, hefty, like, 
what the hell is going on with, with Travis Kelsey moments? And leading into this game, 27 yards two weeks in a row on, on only three receptions. And he was having a case of the dropsies, too. You know, there, he was getting the targets. Mahomes was targeting him. He had a case of the drops for a minute there. And everybody's going, God, what the hell is this? Ten receptions, 191. That's the Travis Kelsey we're used to seeing. And good on him being the number one on this week's. He deserves every bit of it. He is, as far as I'm concerned, I think he's the number one tight end in football. But I do think Mark Andrews is nipping at his heels right now. I like Travis Kelsey. I think he's he's just rock solid. And having Patty Mahomes doesn't do him, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt him at all. So, yeah, this this is about where he needs to be. Absolutely. Now. Tyler, we're uh, we're going to jump into another segment. I've got five that I think you forgot about, and one of them I think is going to going to catch you a little off guard. So it's time for a little segment what we like to call Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five, and Tyler, I found five. Number five, though, is going to be the the interesting one. Number five goes to DJ Wanham. Uh, oh, you went defense on me. I went defense on you. This one goes to DJ Wanham from the Minnesota Vikings. In that game against the Bears, he had nine pressures, five hurries, four tackles, three sacks, one quarterback hit, and a partridge in a pear tree, man. This guy was on fire all game long. You know, his PFF grades don't look very sexy, but and, and a lot of people have been questioning whether or not DJ Wanham was the real deal. Um I don't know if he's the real deal based on just this game, but do you think that this is a turning point game for him at this point? No, I I think he had a good game. I I need to see a lot more out of him. I agree with you, but man, that that was one of the most impressive performances out of him I've seen so far. And we've, he's had his moments, you know, the sack of Aaron Rodgers on the, the fourth down as time was expiring last year to beat the Packers. And, this year against the Packers, he played well too. But this is his best performance as a pro. I mean, huge, huge game for him, dominating the Bears, beating the brakes off of off of uh, old Justin Fields there, old Bustin Fields, and getting it done. So DJ Wanna winds up on number five on the Forgotten Five. Number four, we talked about him a little bit earlier. I'm going to talk about him a little more. Miles Sanders, 18 carries, 131 yards. He had a 7.3 average on the day. He added two receptions for 15. Miles Sanders, this is his team as long as he can be consistent, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He had himself a great game. Now, here's an interesting thing about the the top three of the Forgotten Five. None of them broke 100 yards. This that's That's the interesting thing about it. That's how tough this became for me. But number three, Hunter Henry, six receptions, 77 yards, two touchdowns. Sort of an unexpected performance from Hunter Henry. Um, we had a guy in our league, and shout out to, to our boy Zach. He actually went out and picked up Hunter Henry for this week in, in uh, fantasy. And he just on a whim, Hunter Henry goes out and balls out for the, uh, for the Patriots there, getting it done. Is, I mean, are we talking about Hunter Henry as the number one over there after this game? Can we can we just put the John and Smith stuff to bed? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I I think we can. A lot of people. For me have been, and you've always liked Hunter Henry. Yeah, I've liked Hunter Henry as long as he's healthy, you know. And I just I he's got like the worst injury luck I've ever seen. And uh, yeah, Hunter Henry six receptions, seventy seven two touchdowns. He winds up as number three. Number two goes to a guy that we were iffy on early on in the season. Within the last couple of weeks, 
very good player. Russell Gage, eight receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown. It's We were waiting for one of these receivers to step up. We were hoping Russell Gage was going to be the guy to step up in the absence of Calvin Ridley. And within the last three weeks, he has. He's been getting you know, a, a consistent number of targets. Um, he had eight receptions on, I think he had 11 targets in this game. Huge game for Russell Gage, right? Is he a potential guy to be that, like, number two over there by Calvin? Or is this these last few games, are they just an anomaly? I, It's it's a little both. They're, he's a good player. I think he's already shown that he's not a true two. But I, I think he he has flashes in the pan where he can be, yeah. but not consistently. You think he's a high-end number three? Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. And last but not least, another guy that really hasn't, you know, he had a lot of fanfare. A lot of people have talked to him. Maybe he's starting to, or talked about him, but maybe he's starting to figure it out. Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills. He has five receptions, 85 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Um, has a great day for the Bills. Gabe Davis, you know, you and I have talked about him in the past where, where you know, oh, you know, he's a young guy. He could be good. We don't know. And now within the last couple of weeks, you know, He's been getting a little few more targets, but with Cole Beasley being down and Emmanuel Sanders being down, we're seeing Gabe Davis getting looked at. Do you think it's safe for the Buffalo Bills to just say, forget Emmanuel Sanders, I'm just going to go ahead and keep Gabriel Davis over here because he's been playing really well? He has. He's had, he's had a, a nice little stretch of games here. Yeah. Do you think it's safe to get rid of a guy like Emmanuel Sanders just to save the dough at this point because of the way Gabe Davis has been playing? Yes. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is – a Shell of his former self. He's a decent player to have around, but he's kind of past the point of needing him. You're right. And I think Gabe Davis is the better player. I, I really do. So I think he's a better compliment to Steph Diggs. And, uh, yeah, Gabriel Davis getting it done, winding up as number one on Frank Town's Forgotten Five this week. And, Tyler, I have five performances that, um, you know, I, I believe were really, really bad. And we're going to make fun of them in one of your favorite segments. So here is Freytown's Forgetful Five. Number five goes to a guy that I don't think I've ever put on the Forgetful Five before. And that's Tom Brady. 26 for 48, 214 yards and an interception. Um, He showed he couldn't get anything done without his big weapons on the field. He got shut down by the Saints. Tom Brady, um, was this one of his worst performances that we've ever seen? It's one of. It's... Only the second time that he's ever been shut out. Yeah. And the first is, time was very early in his career. Yeah. I, I found it to be just ridiculous. Um, I, I'm, man, Tom Brady winds up on the forgetful five. We got to go sprinkle rock salt on all the places hell just froze over. Do you, um, know the fir- you know the first one to shut him out was? Who's that? The Ravens? Oh, it was not. It was the Dolphins. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And do you know what head coach it was? Don't tell me it was Saban. It was. Oh, God. Oh, what a mess. Um, now, number four goes to a guy, you know, I, I hate to speak ill of the near dead, but Teddy Bridgewater, 12 for 22, 98 yards. I was so terrified watching him get hurt in this game. He did not play well in this game. Cincinnati really held him in check, but then he goes and gets hurt, gets carted off. Um, nasty concussion. He's not going to be playing this Sunday. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has come off of a slew of bad games for the Broncos. Can the can the Broncos just hang it up on him? Should they just start focusing on, hey, Aaron Rodgers, do we want to trade for him and 
Well, you know? if Rodgers is available, yeah, you do that. But to me, you you have a guy who, while he hasn't played well in a few weeks, has this team in playoff situation. I don't know if it's him or if it's this dual running game that they've got going on. To be the honest. running game has been phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think I think Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are a great complement to each other. But I think Javante Williams is I, it, this is his team at this point. I think Melvin Gordon can just say bye bye to the Broncos as much as he wants to sign there. Williams is the better runner. They need to save the cap space. But I, I really do think Teddy Bridgewater has been getting a lot of love from that run game, and and that's really more so what's been keeping him alive in this playoff run, as opposed to Bridgewater tearing it up. But he has pr- played pretty well. He's, he's top top uh, fifteen in yards and 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 uh, completion percentage and, and QBR. He's played fairly good. Outside of this last this few week stretch, yeah, and that's I I think it, it, it you know he's getting to the dog days of of you know the the season here I I, yeah. I really think it's time for them to consider another option and especially with all of his his injury situations that he's incurred over his career yeah it's sad it's sad that you can call this not even the worst injury he's ever gotten oh I know the knee injury was horrible. The, the leg and this was worse looking because of the hit and the way it was, was was terrifying, but it's not the worst injury. Well, it depends what the injury is. It's, it's too soon. Yeah, it, it wasn't the worst injury. We're at a point we're talking about a single player has had two very alarming, potentially career-ending type of injuries. Right. I think I think Teddy Bridgewater is, is you know, I, I think he should be out as the DeBroncos quarterback after this season. I, I really do think they should be looking elsewhere. But... um yeah, he had a bad performance in this game uh, right up and leading up into the injury. I, I think the the Bengals really pounded him. So Bridgewater winds up as number four. Number three goes to the New England Patriots run defense. 226 yards given up on the ground, 100 to Jonathan Taylor alone. Now, look, I understand Jonathan Taylor's a monster, but sweet Jesus, 226 yards on the ground, 170 to the one guy. I, I mean... Can we chalk this up as one of the worst performances as far as running backs go? Sure. I think, yeah, or, or as far as run defenses Defense, go. yeah. I think that was just a spanking, just a beating. Number two goes to a guy who, who we thought had, you know, kind of become a stud. Cordero Patterson, 11 carries, 18 yards. He had a 1.6 average on the day. This was his his worst first his first bad performance. I... I Kind of blew my mind there, the the speedster. Do you think teams are figuring him out as a running back? Do you think it was just kind of a, a short-term little fun offensive weapon fix? for The, the-, the way he's been is, is he's been so good, but I, I we, we both know what he can be on the bad side. Yeah. So, But right now, the way he's playing, I, I'm not going to um throw him under the bus for one bad performance. Yeah. I think it's too soon to say that, but the season he ha- he's having is still insane. Still very good. Still having a very good season for for what he did and him coming in. I think it's still very good, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, number one, though, goes to the journeyman. The journeyman backup, Mike Glennon. He goes 13 for 24 for 99 yards. He has three picks on the day. Um, it's Jake Fromm time in New York, right? With the Giants. Yes. Why yeah. aren't we already here? Yeah. I, I thought I thought we were going to be here next or last week. They were talking about it last week. And then it became the Mike Glennon show. So, yeah. Here we are, you know, Mike Glennon, 99 yards, three picks. <laughs> that's, that's what we got out of him. 
So, and those are, uh, that's Freytown's uh, forgetful five. Now, Tyler, we have rookie rankings that we jumped into, um, that we got to jump into here. So I know that you, that being the mathematician, you've put it all together for us to let us know what our rookie rankings look like. So hit me with some of these uh, outside looking ins first. We'll start with that. Outside looking ins, we got guys like Quiddy Pay, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Adafi Owe, Jalen Waddell, and Trey Smith. Yeah. Yeah. All those guys. Um, and I'm surprised Trey Smith has kind of fallen out of, of favor. He's, um, yeah, I know you still had him ranked, but I had him pretty ranked pretty low on mine. He's he's slowly but surely um not playing bad per se, but he's he's, he's definitely fall, fallen off quite a bit since the early stages of the year. Yeah, I agree. He's he's falling off a little bit. Um, I I, I he he had a bad week. He did really have a, a, a rough week this past week. But I, I want to see. I mean, right now. He's got a little bit of a cushion, but there's not much left. And, and that's it's eventually going to become a situation where he's going to be dropping down in that 9-10 range uh, on my list. I had him ranked a little higher. Um, I had him at, at five. But, yeah, Trey Smith winds up on the outside looking in. No surprise there. Number 10, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Kind of, not exactly picking up where he left off before the injury, but he's, he's playing some above-average football still. Yeah, he's playing good ball. Um, I'm still sort of holding against him that that month off that he had. We 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 always talk about um, uh, availability being a big thing, and and I still have an issue with with how and he's been kind of jumping in and out of the the ten nine outside looking in spot for me. Availability was a big thing. You you know you miss four games and he's he's kind of getting back to where he needs to go, but there have been other performances that have been better over the last several weeks, which it's going to make him it, it tough for him to wind up back on that rookie ranking list as far as I'm concerned. And, and I'm, and I'm kind of with you there. Yeah. I, I, the, some of these performances, like you look at some of these guys, especially recently and what they've been doing and you're like, huh, that's, that's interesting. You know, I, I'm, I kind of, I, I really like, uh, I, I like Owusu Karamoa. I think he's good. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking here. I, I just, you know, I had him kind of kind of a little iffy on my list. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me, though. Number nine, Javante Williams. Yeah. Makes his first appearance in the top ten. Yeah, I, I like Javante Williams a lot. He has become such a stud. Uh you know, just a guy that that I, I believe should be the number one running back in in Denver right now. I do believe that. And I, the thing is, like, it, it's out of no issue of his own, but also the guy he's competing with is also doing his job. Right. Right. Two I guys mean, that are that are you got two guys that are splitting carries, both on pace to break a thousand. Yeah. It's it's very Cleveland over there. It is. It is, and and if you would have told me that that it would have been, um, uh, and and I just want to correct this real quick. I I'm lo- I was looking at the wrong week over week list. I have Trey Smith at eight on my list, but um, the 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 dual quarterback or the dual ru- dual running back system that they have over there is is really catching a lot of people by surprise. Javante he came in and played really well in. Uh, I, I guess in relief of Melvin Gordon when Melvin Gordon was out. And I, I, I do think that, that he is the total package as far as they're concerned. 
the Broncos should be starting him at every turn. I believe that Mel, they can save the money on Melvin Gordon. I think if they want to keep Melvin Gordon, they could probably just extend him for a year and use him as trade bait. That could be a thing. But yeah, Melvin Gordon, I mean, it's cool that they're, they have a running back system that's so friendly over there. They, it's, it's kind of a San Francisco-ish where, where you pl- kind of plug and go. Um, their front, the, and that's what they run. They run a very zone run scheme over there. So, yeah, I'm, I like Javante Williams on the list here, and I, th- I like the way he's been performing. Is he going to be like the top rookie? No, I, I doubt that. But he's he could very well finish out in the top ten here, and I totally would be not, not against it at all. Number eight, Jamar Chase, dropping like uh, I mean, dropping like a rock in a river, man. It's it's hard. I don't know. I don't know. This, these last few, he's he's had a couple a couple good weeks in in this mix, but it's been it's been more weird weeks versus good weeks, and I, I I'm not really sure what's going on right now. Nobody has bungled the rookie of the year situation as hard as Jamar Chase has in the last five weeks. He's had one good game in five weeks. I mean that's that's what it is. He had 77 yeah. yard touchdowns last week. Beyond that, I mean. This this last game was like can we I think this game this last like this past week was rock bottom right I mean one reception three yards yeah I think this week was definitely his worst week yeah I, it was just it was painful it was just painful uh, and and I'm hoping that you know and I know that you're not hoping it but I'm hoping that this next week for his sake that that he winds up doing what he did against the Ravens earlier in the year to try and salvage his thing for but, his sake yeah yeah but yeah I don't I mean, know. He's he's on pace right now for 1,260 yards, so he's now about 140 short of of Justin Jefferson's rookie receiving yard record. How you know like that yardage total has plummeted? I mean, we were and talking because at, because at one point we were talking about like the pacing was was there for like the record Cooper Cup's on after right now, right? And that and that numbers tanked hard. Yeah, I mean we're talking a 700 yard drop here. That's that's brutal. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what the hell happened. And now T. Higgins has suddenly become the number one over there, which I, I mean, OK, I, it's starting to look like Jamar Chase may be that one trick pony type of receiver, um, that, that deep ball guy. He might be the next Torrey Smith 2.0, just not as fast. I mean, there's there's a lot of questions about Jamar Chase. Um, and, and you and I have both, you know, like I know for a while there you wanted to kind of hold on and go, I don't know. Maybe he'll pull up, pull the nose up on this thing. But right now, I mean, he's nose diving into the side of a mountain right now. I don't. <laughs> it's bad. It, yeah. No, and, and I agree with you. Yeah, it, it's just rough. And and I know we want we both. But I wanted to hold out hope that he was going to wind up, you know, doing something special. I mean, he's hit like I said, one good game in the last five weeks. It, he's bungled this thing hard after starting out so well, and it's and it's very you know apt that he's playing for the bungles. So. No surprise. Number seven, Mac Jones kind of continuing his slide. Little slide for him. He was at, what, four or five the uh, last couple of weeks, and he slid a little bit. This past week, he had a, a, little, a little bit of a rough go. I mean, it was a good game as far as, like, his stats go. But he, he, there were just those moments where he looked like a rookie, and we got reminded that he was a rookie. And that's just that's how he looked. Uh, it, I mean, it's, and it's not that he's a bad player. It's not that he's not playing well. But, you know, two weeks ago, we got two receptions for on three targets, you know, on three passes. 
And then this past week, we got, you know, a spanking from the Colts. I like Mac Jones. I think he's got a, a very good future. You could see him in a Super Bowl if he continues on the, the trajectory that he is. But last two weeks have been a little rough for him. So he slid a couple of spots. I still think he finishes in the top 10. Number six, Penay Sewell, continuing his his rise. Yeah, there's an ascent there for him. He's uh, the last six weeks, he's been on point. Uh, everybody's been talking about six or seven weeks now. Yeah, the last, the last seven weeks, he's been the best O line in football. Right, and and we've got we've got uh, you know two offensive linemen that are sitting kind of have been sitting atop the rookie rankings for a while now. He's been ascending, which is good for the last few weeks. Um, but the other two have been more consistent if you're talking the whole season. Exactly, and that's one of those those things because Panay Sewell did have kind of a rough go at one point in the, in the year, and he dropped off of our list, but now he's fighting back, which is good to see. Uh, we'll see if he can overtake at least the one. Um, you know, I, I, think, I don't think he winds up as our rookie of the year um, from a consistency, just based on the consistency. But – you know, he could wind up overtaking uh, one of the guys that wind up that's up in the top three right now. So we'll see. Number five. Nate Hobbs. I'm surprised he's fallen um, out of out of that spot. He did. It's not a big fall for him. Uh, a guy who has climbed and, and really he's he's clawed on this list. Claude and Claude and Claude, because when I got him on this list, when I put him on mine anyway, he was number nine or number eight, roughly. He, on my list, he's sitting at four. Obviously, you got him a little lower. He drops to five. Hobbs, at one point, was the number six corner in all of football. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy to me. It's just crazy. This guy was like an out-of-nowhere type of dude. I, I like Nate Hobbs a lot. Um, we, we've we've uh, uh, talked about him at, at length. Uh, he's taken over as the number one corner over there in in uh, Vegas. I wanna I wanna take a look at at uh, the consistency of Nate Hobbs across the board. Listen to these like, and this is just from a pro football focus standpoint. And I know it's not the the gospel, but listen to these 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 uh, categories here. Overall, a seventy eight point six run defense, seventy seven point seven pass rush, seventy five point five coverage, seventy six point six. He is the beacon of consistency as far as these rookies go. I mean, he has been good in every category. He's oh, been sure. Very, I, I, I love it. I think the guy is, is fantastic, and I, I'm really big on him. He's one of the best corners in all of football. Um, just love it. Love it right now, and I like seeing him on this list. Number four, Rashawn Slater. I'm surprised he fell because it's not he his had, fault. Yeah, it's not his fault. Um, he's played extremely well all year long. Um, you know, just from a, a, a PFF grading standpoint, a 79.9 um, solid player. Uh, he's been one of the best, one of the best offensive tackles in football. Like you said, he's been way more consistent than than Panisul. Um, than the Trey Smiths of the world, the other offensive linemen that have wound up on this list at some point in time. Um, I, I do like Rashawn Slater a lot. I'm really high on him. I was high on him in the draft. And, uh, yeah, I, I totally dig this guy. He's been protecting the blind side 
of Justin Herbert, and you see what Justin Herbert has been able to accomplish this season with a guy like this taking care of business. He's only allowed four sacks this season. He's only had four penalties this season, and he's played 894 snaps this season. <laughs> that's, that's, that's wild, and, and then including three snaps at tight end, no less. So I, I just – only 22 pressures allowed. He, he's been in every game consistently. He hasn't been hurt. Got to love what this guy's doing. I like Rashawn Slater. He deserves to be on this list. I'm surprised he dropped a spot, but like you said, it's not his fault. No, it's it's not his fault. It's just the, it's, it's the way I did mine this week. Things got a little weird up top. Yeah. Speaking of weird, and number three, Javon Holland. Yeah, meteoric would be the best word to describe Javon Holland and the way he's been getting things done in the last uh, – Last few games, last and he's, few- and he's been good all season, but it, it really just it, it didn't really hit radars until recently. Yeah, he, he's been good. He wasn't great. Like early on, he was like, well, got got off to a slow start, but I, I in coverage more so. He's been great. He's been one of the best safeties in football. Uh, he was a second round guy, kind of a quiet second round guy. Um, he's been good in run defense, but his coverage grade, man, eighty three point four, just enormous uh, coverage grade. So. He's he's been an 81.6 overall according to Pro Football Focus. I like him a lot. He the Dolphins got a steal there. I, I was talking to Alex last week that I, I believe that uh, this is the replacement for Minka Fitzpatrick that they were looking for, and uh, they got their guy. So uh, yeah, Javon Holland, good. He's a good fit for them, and he's been playing extremely well. He has two picks on the year. I like him a lot. I think he's fantastic. And. Javon Holland also has a role in, in some of this rankings here because number two, because of Holland, because I, I actually had Holland at my two spot. Oh, wow. Uh, number two is Creed Humphrey. Wow. Wow. You're really bound and determined to make this guy number one, aren't you? I'm not. I love Humphrey. You know, you're, you're bound and determined. I'm, I'm telling you, you are bound and determined to have make Micah Parsons be number one on this list. I'll tell you why Michael Parsons shouldn't be on shouldn't be number one, but we'll we'll jump into Creed Humphrey here in a second. Um, Humphrey, he is uh, uh, another guy that's like a beacon of consistency. Oh God, yeah. His P, his PFF grades have consistently gone from up. P, from PFF. I believe he's um, by a good margin the the, the best rookie. He's the number one sa- uh, center in all of football. He is. He's the number one center. He's the best rookie. He's consistently been the best rookie in football um, and the best center in football all season long. Um, I mean, he's only allowed 10 pressures this year. I mean, he's played 979 snaps. That's the the third most snaps out of any player <laughs> at his position. It's insane. And that's that's a lot. Um, and, and, you know, and it's and, and I, and I don't I don't want to say it's a it's a boundary determined thing, but I think what it comes down to for me is I look at some of these other positions and and yeah it's it's probably unfair but I look at some of those positions that they cause a direct impact in changing games and like guys like Holland and like some of the guys we talked about like Hobbs is our big one that I, I you see that and and unfortunately I, I think what happens is and when you go to the O line center just so happens to be the position that kind of gets ghosted a lot yep and does it make it fair. Probably not, but it's also something that exists too. And, and, and you've done a good job at, at trying to highlight that. And I, and I've been right there with you for the most part here, but I, 
certain positions do get looked at more highly than others. I think that that it, in when it comes to you know the Micah Parsons situation, and obviously he's our number one. Yeah, so we'll, he's number one. So we'll kind of talk about that there. But we're talking about a very close, and we we have the top five here is really um filled with some very strong defensive players that the teams should be more than more than thrilled that they have they have drafted. Yeah, I, I think the the top five between Rashawn Slater, Nate Hobbs, Javon Holland, those types of guys. Um, and they, even, I'll even throw in Sewell and, and Jones and even though he's had the slide, uh, chase, yeah. uh, it, this has been a very, very, very strong rookie class. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and one thing I, you know, we were, I was talking with, um, Alex about this the other day, as far as Micah Parsons goes. Um, so Micah Parsons right now, he's, he's sitting at an 83.3, uh, PFF grade. It, obviously that's you know, a, a very high PFF grade. The reason why I, I have consistently placed Micah Parsons underneath Creed Humphrey is Micah Parsons, what he's been accomplishing as far as a pass rush goes. And I, I feel like his grade is only high because of his pass rush grade. His pass rush grade is a 92.7, which is incredible. That's LT caliber. But they, but, they, they found his niche and put him where he needs to be. And that's what you're supposed to do. But I, I look at his other situation, his run defense, 55.4. His coverage grade is a 63. And and both those kind of – it was kind of telling to me, oh, okay, that's why his grade is so high because he, he's just a hell of a pass rusher. That's his niche. That's that's what he's good at. And good on him. You know, it, it doesn't make him any any less of a valuable player. He's he's probably the one of, if not the most valuable pass rusher in all of football right now that, that isn't named Aaron Donald. Um. I, I like uh, I like Micah Parsons a lot. I think he's a good player. I, I just I kind of looked at it and I said, you know, as an all around player, I can't sit here and say that Micah Parsons has been all around, at, at least for his position, better than Creed Humphrey. But then look at a guy like what, what what's T.J. Watts run defense and pass defense? I feel like every player's got the, got their niche. Like they're gonna have they're gonna have a an area where, where they're going to be like your, your top tier guys are going to, you're going to have an area where they're, they're going to be a 90 some PFF, but, but then you have areas where they're going to be 50, 60 because that's not their niche. And that's and TJ Watt has a, a 90.4 pass rush, but he's got a 69.3 run. Yeah, so even, even, even then like the, the, everyone has their, their really strong side and then their, their weaker side. Yeah. And, and I, I, I agree with you there. I just, what I see is I see a player that, you know, like, and, and a 69 is, is a much different rating than a 55 in the run defense, which is, which is why I, I believe that TJ Watt probably should win defensive player of the year over Parsons. Right. But, but at the same time though, you're not going to, you're not going to expect really any linebacker to be in the eighties in both categories. It's just a lot of players aren't studs in both categories yeah. traditionally. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I, like I said, I, I just, I see Creed Humphrey in a different light. I, I know that, that, a center isn't exactly the most sexy position out there. And, and it's, and that's what it is. It's just, it's not the most sexy football position. And a lot of times, you know, it is going to get overtaken by things like the linebackers and whatnot. I believe Creed, Creed Humphrey, you know, I, I, and I stand for a minute. I think he is the best, the best rookie out of this class. Um, I'm sure we're, you know, we're probably going to wind up talking, you know, if, if it continues on the way it's continuing, unless Michael Parsons has a rough couple of games coming up here, um, we're going to be talking about, 
Creed Humphrey as you know number two and Micah Parsons as number one. We got to see. Yeah, and and where I'm and when it comes to Holland, I, I I do have Holland on a pretty short leash. I I shot him up my list um relatively fast, but yeah. but but he's on he's probably arguably been the hottest defensive player over the last five weeks. Yes, yes. But I, I, um, but he's on a short leash. If he chooses to slow down, that's going to be on him. Right. But we're but Holland's been out of nowhere. This just mega star. Yeah. And, and I've had him gradually going up my list. I think, I think last week he was somewhere in seven or eight range. I think this, this week he had him five or six or something. Yeah. This, this week is at five. So I, and I, I still have him below Nate Hobbs, but you know, it, it depends on how Javon Holland continues. It, like we, we've got, we still have, you know, three games of football left to play. And if Holland continues this trajectory, we could be talking about him as a, as a top three guy, you know, and uh, at least on my list anyway. We could be talking about him in the top three, you know, consistently for the rest of the season, and and he finishes out as a top three safety. And and Nate Hobbs, like I love Nate Hobbs' consistency, so I, I that's why I have him where he's at. You know, Micah Parsons to me, uh, the the consistency I have I have questions about the consistency in other departments of his game, but ultimately, as a pass rusher, he's pretty damn good. And and that's why he's been so high and he's been red hot and nothing nothing wrong with that. Uh, I I'm a big fan of Creed Humphrey and Rashawn Slater. I like the both of them. Um, and, and maybe maybe a lot of it just has to do with the, the the amount in which I was studying offensive linemen going into last year's draft, knowing how bad my team's offensive linemen are. Yeah, and that, and, the, and there's the possibilities of that too. And I. There's there's a, there's a lot done there, but I think you if if we and the thing is is rookies have been a lot more under both mine and your radar this year because we do the rookie rankings. Right. It, so I think you, you could probably snag the top ten defenders and offensive players, and 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 you could find that the ones that we've been given the world to, you you could f- make a case that they that they they haven't been as consistent as say Creed Humphrey's been this season. But but in a sense, that's okay. Right. If if you're good enough, we're we're 12 of your 16 games, or 17 now. You're putting up like juggernaut stats. You're allowed to have a few games where you don't. Right. Right. And and that's and that's a category where where Micah Parsons finds himself. Yeah, he, he fell apart a few games, and and we did see that. And seeing him, you know, come back, he rose from the ashes. I mean, at one point he fell off our list. I mean, let's, and let's, and, I, and I think with with I think it's more. And what sucks is I think when it comes to linemen, it's more obvious when they don't have that good game. Right. Right. And and Humphrey has yet one, – one thing I will say for Humphrey, he has yet to have a bad game, a truly bad game. I mean, sitting at a 90, I mean, that's, that's fucking incredible. I, I best, say, best center in football, yeah. I, I mean, th- those two will be jousting um, for, for the final spot. Um, on the rookie rankings um, moving forward. Yeah, but, and, and and the Humphrey situation is a lot of the reason why I dropped Trey Smith. Is uh, The last few weeks started to become a little more, not obvious, but a little more clear that some of Trey Smith's good stat line has come off the heels of Humphrey. Right. So I, I, I started to correlate some, some of that success to Humphrey as right. opposed to Trey Smith. Yeah, uh, and I think I I wouldn't be opposed to that because we have seen Trey Smith actually have a, a dip as far as like PFF grades go. I mean, we've seen him have a dip. He was sitting at a seventy-seven, whereas Humphrey hasn't. Right, and now he's sitting at a seventy-two point seven. So we have 
there, there are questions as far as Trey Smith and what he's been doing on a more consistent basis. Like you said, I think this is one of the, the best rookie classes that we've seen so far in a while. Um, very impressive. Very, very impressive, man. Some of these guys, um, you know, and obviously you, you had a few bad eggs, you know, the Damon Arnett's of the world and whatnot. But ultimately, this draft class has been, whew, and it's been tough to determine. Like, it's this shit has not been easy, these rookie rankings. It's not we easy week over week, so I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm pretty pretty stoked about how how these guys have been performing in it, and it gives me a lot of um, hope for the future of the league and and the way the league is going to turn out, you know, going forward. Now, Tyler, we've got some news around the league that we got to get to. Um, I've got a, I mean, the biggest news out of the out of the uh, Vikings camp right now. This is the biggest news around the league for today. They placed running back Dalvin Cook on the COVID reserve list. He's likely going to miss Sunday's game. We don't know what his vaccination status is, um, but he's going to miss Sunday's game against the Rams more than likely. I mean, does this cook the Vikings at this point? Do you think they're done? I think they're going to be in a little bit of trouble facing a red-hot Rams team, but this definitely makes that even harder. Yeah. I mean, and the Vikings have been pulling weird victories out of nowhere. Um I, I just don't understand what, how they've been doing it. But now I, I think this is going to wind up being the, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back here. I, I think they're done. The nail in the coffin is about to be hammered in on Sunday against the Rams. The, all these weird wins for the Vikings. I mean, good on them. I hope they, they pull out another weird one. But You see, also- this is where I disagree with you. I, I agree that the Rams are going to win this game. But I, I'm standing firm with the way the NFC is. The Vikings still get in the playoffs. Ballsy. I think that's ballsy because, I mean, with them, even if they win out, I mean, they still have a tough schedule here. They had a tough game against Chicago uh, last week. I mean, that that road is still going to have to go through Chicago in week 17. They still got the Packers coming up next week. They got the Rams this week. I don't know that this Vikings team. No, the the Packers game you'll have to win. But if you if you go two and one, the Vikings get in. That could be a possibility. Because you have a game up on everybody. So if you go 2-1, and one, the other teams below you will have to go 3-0 and oh to tie you. Right. So I, I, think the Pack, I think the Vikings get in. Um, now, if they lose this week and next week, it's gonna, I, they, they could still get in. But at that point, you're going to be looking at a probably need help situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, and speaking of those games, the Rams activated Von Miller from the COVID list. He played on Tuesday. He's going to be available for the Rams on a short week versus the Vikings. Um, the Rams, they I mean, hes he was phenomenal on, on uh, Tuesday. He's going to be phenomenal this week, right? I mean, Von Miller has looked like a completely different man going to over to the Rams. It's like seeing him come alive again and regain his youth. It's, yes and no. I feel like it's been in flashes, though. Yeah. It reminded it reminds me of Von Miller of back in of Broncos lore here. He he's been, you know, harassing quarterbacks and blitzing like a monster and, and he's actually done pretty well in coverage too. Von Miller has looked good since going to the Rams, and you can tell he seems a little more at ease, I think. I think he seems a little more fired up and, and it does change things when you're playing with Aaron Donald. <laughs> I think we can we can admit that, obviously. Yeah, Aaron Donald makes the whole defense better. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, there you go. I, I think we got Von Miller tearing it up. Um, next up, with uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Washington football team a little bit here. They placed running back J.D. McKissick on IR. 
Um, they activated Taylor Heineke off of the COVID reserve list moving into this week. Washington does have somewhat of a chance to play spoiler this upcoming week. I mean, what do you think? Do you, do you think uh, Taylor Heineke is gonna gonna be you know kind of on a spoiler shit this week? No, I th- I think Washington's kind of settling into where they're gonna be. And I I don't <laughs> see that coming into play this week. In all honesty. Yeah, you think they're done for? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I think well, Cowboys have actually been one of the hotter teams in the league the last few weeks. So I don't see anything crazy happening. Yeah, I mean, we we have seen crazier things, I mean, especially out of Washington, but we'll have to see. Um, you never well, know. Which- well, yeah, if the Lions can beat the Cardinals, then that just proves that any game can can be the, the difference. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, other teams in the, the East there, the Giants plays Daniel Jones on season-ending IR with his neck injury. Um, they're going to open up the conversation this week about starting QB Jake Fromm. Jake I'm a- Fromm, Jake Fromm. Jake from is give him the shot. Mike Lennon has started two weeks in a row and has been on the forgetful five two weeks in a row. It's Jake from time. Yep. Jake from state farm. Jake from state. Yes. I I just, I had to get that in. You'll be adding him in. He'll be the the third member of the uh, Mahomes Rogers combo. Yeah. Yeah. That could very well be the case, but Jake from, I mean, I hope he gets to start this week. I might be inclined to tune into that game. If, if it comes down to that, I could get very excited about about you know Jake Fromm coming in and and now, you know, this is a game that could be your playoff spoiler. You think so? The Eagles are fighting hard right now. I think they're actually in or or tied for being in at this point. And I think if Jake Fromm plays good, I still stand by. They have the team. Barkley at his best is is a top three running back. Yeah, Gallery at his best is a top five receiver. Yep. Slayton at his best is a top fifteen receiver. If and, they and, have the right quarterback, I think they they could make noise. Yep, and and another reason they could make some noise this week is Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni tested positive for COVID nineteen. He's not going to be able to coach versus the Giants more than likely. So Eagles lose their head coach. I mean, we we know that sometimes this doesn't make a big difference, but I think this will in this case. I think this is going to make a world of difference. Um, Nick Sirianni out for the Eagles. I mean. Does this kill the Eagles here? I mean, is this a painful one? It hurts. Yeah. It definitely hurts. Yeah. And that there's been a slew of of uh head coaches going out in, in this, I mean, the last couple of weeks. I mean, another head coach going out, Jets head coach Robert Soleil, he tests positive for COVID. Um, so they're gonna be without their head coach versus the Jags more than likely. Uh, this upcoming Sunday. Not a huge hit because obviously neither of those teams are really competing for anything, but Man, oh man! I mean, all these head coaches and and this this epidemic. Another head coach went out earlier this week too. Uh, the Browns, Kevin Stefanski, he cleared COVID protocols after missing last game, but he was out last week. You know, and we saw how how brutally the Browns played without their head coach. You lose your head coach, man, for the week. That's that's a tough one. And Depending who tough. your quarterback is, it can it can it can be a kill shot. Yeah. And and I think we're, we've seen that over the course of the last several weeks is these head coaches going down with COVID. So, but Kevin Stefanski, he's, he clears COVID protocols. He's going to be at, back after missing last week's game. So I'm sure the Browns will be excited to have him back um, for the upcoming week, especially with them still technically in the playoff hunt. Uh, speaking of the Browns defensive end, Tack McKinley, he's out for the remainder of the season with after suffering a torn Achilles. That's a painful loss for the Browns. Um, Losing your your 
one of your stud players that you wound up picking up in free agency. But even worse, defensive end Miles Garrett suffered a groin injury on Monday Night Football. He'll likely miss Sunday's game versus the Packers pending the result of an MRI. So he's down. And on top of that, it gets worse. Safety John Johnson, cornerback Greg Newsom. John Johnson has a hand a hamstring injury. Greg Newsom has he's still under concussion protocol. Both those guys have not practiced this week. We know the Browns have suffered a ton of injuries this year, a ton. I mean, are they? Is the injury thing killing them at this point? It definitely is, but I mean. At the same time, they're not the only team that's lost players. Right? They're not even in the top three of teams that have lost players, so suck it up. Yeah, I mean, and they, I think a lot, of they, a lot of their stars have gone out randomly. Um, they, they've lost a lot, of, a lot of stud players. But, you know, they, they've got to figure it out. And I, I think they, their team has, has become this injury situation, this sinking injury ship. And that's kind of where they've been trending. So the Browns right now sitting at seven and seven, they're going into a tough one against the Packers this upcoming week. That's going to be a, a very, very fun game. Um, yeah, because, no, you know, I, I, had, I had a couple of Browns fans tell me over Thanksgiving that uh, that the Ravens with their injuries, they, they it's next man up. They, they, they need to make sure they have a team good enough to, to, to keep moving on no matter what injuries happen. It's like, well, guess what, guys? Joke's on you. Now you guys got it. It's not as bad as the Ravens, but. Guess what? Next man up. Suck it up. Suck it up. Figure it out. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, speaking of that that Packers game, Packers offensive tackle, David Bakhtiari, he was expected to play on Sunday versus the Browns after spending most of the year on IR after several offseason knee surgeries. He will not return versus the Browns this upcoming week, so you will not be seeing him. Um, another guy that you that is not expected to play is Jair Alexander. He's not expected to play on Sunday versus the Browns. He's still not ready to return after suffering that shoulder injury back in week four. Two painful hits for the Packers, but the Packers have been getting things done in spite of it. Uh, do you think that that this is going to not really affect the Packers, or do you think that you know it's still kind of bugging them? It'll bug them a little bit, but I, I, I think the offense is humming so well right now that you're, it's going to seem unnoticeable. Right. Right, and and they they've been – They've still been getting things done. Obviously, they're they're I think they're the, currently the number one seed in the NFC, and Packers are. So I I just I don't think it's going to kill them because they've been without them a majority of the year anyway. But it still you know kind of sucks. I I mean if I'm the Packers, I want Jair Alexander on the field, right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So and uh, speaking of of your boys and next man up, uh, the Ravens did place linebacker Pernell McPhee on the COVID reserve list today. Uh, that kind of sucks for you guys. You guys have already had have been plagued with injuries. Now you're getting plagued with, with COVID stuff and all kinds. As well as Chuck Clark, as well as Sean Elliott. Yeah, yeah, a lot of guys uh, hitting that COVID reserve list. You, you know, and and it's been kind of a an ongoing thing in the NFL. The NFL is pressing on, whereas the NHL kind of put some things on hold. Um, so the NFL, you know, we're we're nearing that that end of the the regular season mark. So everything we might see it all calm down shortly, but I know the Ravens. Have, I mean, on top of injuries and COVID and everything else, man, the Ravens have been just trucking right along, trying to get things done. Going into Sunday on the 53-man roster, they only have 15 active defensive players. That's insanity to me. It's crazy. You can't afford an injury at that point. 
That's wild. You need you basically need a whole team to be able to play every snap, and that's not how defenses work. Right. So, and and I, I'm sure John Harbaugh has a plan of some some sort of plan, but we'll we'll have to see how that goes. Um, he also you'll, you'll will, honestly probably see Patrick Ricard playing defensive tackle. You might, you might see it. It wouldn't surprise me because that guy has done everything. <laughs> He's literally done everything for that team. Um, one guy that is not practicing as of, he didn't practice as of Wednesday, no word on his Thursday status yet. Lamar Jackson didn't practice on uh, Wednesday morning. Um, do you think we're about to have another week of no Lamar? I think we are. And this is the week that you, that you need to have it if you're going to, but I don't, I don't know that he's ready. Yeah. And that's, that'll be a a question for, for him. Um, it's tough. It is tough without, without having Lamar Jackson on the field. Um, but Huntley, he played well enough last week. We'll see if he can, he can turn it back up this week. If he can play the, that well this week, there's no reason why I don't think they can, they can win this football game. Um, I, I would agree. Uh, Bengals defense is not as good as the Packers. Right. But AFC North football. Yeah. The, the Bengals defense has, has been, um, very middle of the road this year. They've been 13, 14, 15 ish, you know, just very kind of, eh. they haven't been great, but they haven't been bad. Uh, they, they did really well earlier on this season against the Ravens. I want to see what happens when uh, the Bengals, you know, go on to take on the Ravens with Tyler Huntley on the field. And we'll see if Huntley can, can pull one out. That'll actually what, be. Interesting no one does this, but what I would do if, if they're on the fence on Lamar, like Lamar could play, but they, but they don't know. Don't rule him out. Like use a roster spot on him. Have him around. If th- things get dicey, but it's a close game in the fourth quarter, bring him in for a couple drives. Yeah, and, see and what no happens. one does that. I don't. I don't know why. Yeah, and I think Lamar. You know, he's one of those guys that's. You know, he, he's he's like you're gonna have to drag my ass off that field. Yeah, he he's one of those players that want to be out there. So like he's missed a few games over illnesses. Like we we, t- we talked about the one earlier this year where he was keeling over on the plane. Right. For him to miss a game over an illness, like it had to have been like kidney stone level of, of pain. It was probably pretty terrible, I'm assuming. So, I, yeah, I, that's that's kind of where we're at. So Lamar, might you might not see him on Sunday, but um, it depends. Guys that uh, you, you may see Sunday, but you may not, over in the Titans, Tennessee, wide receivers A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, they're both participating in walkthroughs at practice this week. The team's evaluating both receivers with their status up in the air for Sunday's game versus the 49ers on Thursday night. Um, that, and, and, you know, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones have been sorely missed for the Titans, um, without, especially without Derrick Henry on the field. Do you think that this would – I think it's a huge boost for them having those guys on, on Thursday night, don't you? Oh, 100%. It's going to make a, a world of difference. Yeah, that it'll be a, a, a an outstanding game. And also on the other side for the Niners, they're going to have Trey Sermon back on the field. He's returning from injured reserve. You know, Sermon played decently. He was a serviceable backup when uh, um, when when they had the injuries to Raheem Mostert. Um, and then we also found out Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, he he was he turned out to be the stud of the of the crew. But Elijah Mitchell is also ruled out for Sunday versus the Titans with a knee injury. So the Niners. They're going to have to plug and go again, and uh, we're going to see it this upcoming week. We're probably going to see Jeffrey Wilson again, aren't we? Yeah, probably. It's weird. The Niners running back core has been an interesting animal. You got Jeff Wilson. You got Sermon. 
You got who's the other cat? Um, Mitchell Wilson, Sermon, Mitchell. Yep, and for a and, while, and, and like, all three have been very good this season. Like the the Niners feels like a, a version of Mambo Number no. Five running back addiction. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what. A little bit of Wilson in the sun. <laughs> yeah, I I just I think the Niners this this plug and go thing that they're doing it's it's cool. I mean they're they run it. It's working. Stop, it doesn't seem to stop them. And I don't understand why why teams can't figure out that they're going to be running the ball a whole lot. But, yeah, they they have been hammering on it. So the Niners showing up. Uh, next up, we got the Bucks. They're speaking of running backs missing some time. Leonard Fournette set to miss some time after suffering a hamstring injury in the loss versus the Saints on Sunday. Ronald Jones expected to start on Sunday versus the Panthers. But there's more. Um, the Bucks go out and sign a running back Le'Veon Bell pending a physical. Um, I know we're not big on Le'Veon. I know you're not big on Le'Veon. I'm not either. But Le'Veon is now a part of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, obviously, this is going to be a backup role. I don't think he's going to overtake Ronald Jones in any way, shape, or form. No, he's too busy trying to fight Jake Paul. Exactly. But at the same time, Ronald Jones, I think he's lined up for a big game, don't you? Yeah, I still like Ronald Jones. I, I think he had a little unfortunate go this year and just kind of like lost his starting role by force. But yeah. To me, Jones can still play. Yeah, I, I think Ronald Jones is, is a starting caliber running back. Um, I wasn't big on him earlier this year. I said it on this show, but he's proven me wrong. You know, he lost the job to Fournette based on Fournette having a really, really good postseason last year. I mean, that's that's ultimately why he lost the starting position. You're not wrong. Fournette got hot late, and away we go. And And Jones, I think, has been kind of clamoring for an opportunity to show, hey, I'm still here. And this is going to be that shot to say, I'm still here. He's going to come out strong. Um, so I'm pretty excited for for old Ronald Jones. I want to see what he can do. And also in Tampa Bay, Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin. He's out for the season with a torn ACL and MCL. Um, Tom Brady, you know, whining and bitching. The NFL should take away hits on quarterback knees. They should take that out of the game and da-da-da-da-da. You know, it seems like Tom Brady, in my opinion, only wants rule changes when they affect Tom Brady. And this has been an ongoing theme throughout his entire career. Something bad happens to him, and suddenly he wants to to change the rules. Um, is this not par for Tom Brady's career at this point? Oh, it totally is. Just just like uh, if if Beckham would have uh, I saw this on Facebook, if Beckham would have been the one to throw the tablet, he'd be considered a cancer. But it's passion when Brady does it. Right, right. And, you know, and any other you know other teams run over to other. Uh, opposing benches and tell uh, uh, the the defensive coordinator very clearly, go fuck yourself, pal. And uh, yeah, and and Tom Brady, it's it's whatever, it's grazed over. But oh, we're just talking football stuff. But you know, any other team, it's a taunting penalty and a flag's getting thrown. Tom Brady only wants to the rules change when Tom Brady is it, it negatively impacts Tom Brady. Um, the good news for Tom Brady is Antonio Brown may be back on the field this week for the Bucs um, after serving this three-game suspension. So we may see a little bit of Antonio Brown. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But Antonio Brown could be the number one receiver if Mike Evans is not set to play. He's listed as questionable for the upcoming week. So we're going to see either one of those guys. We, we may see Evans on the field. We may not. But if that's the case, Antonio Brown, do you think he's in line for a big game? Yeah, especially with not having Evans and Godwin, I, th- I think he will. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking. I think he's going to get number one receiver looks. 
I, I think that's where we're headed. Um, he is still listed as questionable with the ankle injury that he had earlier this season. But, you know, with the, the month off that he's had and all the stuff going on, I think he's going to be ready and rearing to go by Sunday. He's had enough rest. So I think we're going to see uh, Antonio Brown on the field. Guys, we won't see on the field. Uh, the Chiefs wound up placing Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Harrison Butker, and Traverius Ward all on the COVID list. So this game is going to fall squarely on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes. Do you think Patrick Mahomes can get it done this week um, going into this matchup against the Steelers? Do you think this is this is still the Patrick Mahomes show? You're missing a lot of weapons, a lot of major, major weapons. Yep. I don't know. It's a big one. It's a tough one, especially against the Steelers team that can that can, you know, dagger you at any time. They can they they are defensively st- they're still one of the best in the league. Right. They're still in the middle of the road hit or miss. You could see the the Steelers dagger the Chiefs this week, missing all those weapons. This could be an opportunity for the Chief, for the, the Steelers to whack the Chiefs. I mean, could be interesting to see. Um, another team in that same division that could be getting beat up on Chargers outside linebacker slash edge rusher, uh, Joey Bosa, running back Austin Eckler, and setter Corey Lindsley, all set to miss week 16 against the Texans. They're placed on the COVID list. Uh, the Chargers that we knew out in, in California there, particularly in LA, that there has been a lot of you know COVID going on and a lot of shit going around there. Um, you know. This is this is going to be a painful one for the Chargers. They they've they've got a tough match, not a not so tough matchup against the Texans. But you don't know which Texans team is going to show up from week week to week. I think sometimes, um, I think if they're going to have those players out, this is the time to have them out, right? It for sure is. Yeah, I mean, I they might get away with one, but they're still going to have a tough go of things. Um, I think even even with uh, it just being the Texans. Um, another guy that wound up on, on COVID reserve list, but it's kind of like his just desserts, Cole Beasley for the bills. He winds up on the COVID reserve list. That was expected. Um, yeah, he, he won't, I mean, we, we all know he's been, you know, the big vocal guy about, you know, anti-vax and all that stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, this was expected, right? We, we saw this coming. It was, it was, it was going to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he clearly didn't care. So he gets placed on the COVID list. And then the Detroit Lions go place Jared Goff on the COVID list on Monday afternoon as well. So Goff winds up getting COVID. He won't be available against the Falcons this week. Um, I think that's a hit for the Lions, to be honest with you. I think it is. Hit, it is. Especially with the way he's been playing recently. Well, good. Then they'll have to do what they should be doing and losing to, to build. Yeah. <laughs> they should be losing for that number one pick, right? Yes. So... That's where we're at there. Uh, the New York Jets placed the guard Elijah Vera Tucker on the COVID reserve list as well. So the Jets will be without their star rookie guard there. Um, that's still a loss for them. But at the same time, I just kind of look at that Elijah Vera Tucker and I, I'm like, you know, they're taking on the Jags. That's a time to be missing some type of player for any reason like that. I yes. mean, you can get away with one. Uh Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, we talked about his concussion earlier, and and he's ruled out for Sunday against the Raiders. Drew Locks to get the start. Like I said, I think this is time for a new quarterback regime over there with the Broncos. You go after a heavy hitter. Quit playing around with the kids, and let's go ahead and get ourselves a big-name free agent. Go trade for Aaron Rodgers. 
go do something. Get yourselves a quarterback. Am I right? I I agree. Yeah. Um, Panthers, they went and placed A.J. Bouye on IR with a foot injury. Um, this one's a kind of a loss for them. A.J. Bouye, Bouye hasn't been the same guy that we saw with Jacksonville, but he's still one of their better corners down there um, with Carolina. Do you, do you I mean, what, what do you make of this injury? I mean, Bouye, it, it sucks not to have him on the field, I think. But, um, I mean, 75.7 overall grade, 79 coverage grade. I mean, he hasn't been real great in run defense, and he doesn't blitz. He doesn't have it, he even have a pass rush grade because he doesn't blitz. But, uh, Bouye, what, what do you make of him? It'll be a hit, but I think we're talking about a Panthers team that's settling into where they're at, and it's not going to be too big of a thing. They should kind of start be losing anyway at this point to kind of prepare for next season. Yeah, uh, and and correction, I'm sorry, that it pulled up his 2018 stats. I don't know why. 66.8 overall, 68.5 coverage grade, still a hit um, for him. And uh, next up, Carlos High. He gets placed on IR with a concussion. It must have been a pretty bad concussion to be placed on IR over it. Um, so he'll be out. This kind of opens the door up for, and, and I don't think it's a huge issue. James Robinson is the star back there in Jacksonville. You know, I, I don't think it's a huge loss. I think Carlos Hyde is not in a good place in uh, Jacksonville anyway. And I don't think, frankly, I don't think he's a very good running back in this league. This is the, the James Robinson show, right? It is. And especially next season when, it becomes a little more complicated anyway with ETM back in the field. Hyde has no place in the team. Right. I agree. And uh, our last bit of news, uh, Raiders safety, Jonathan Abram undergoing an MRI to determine the severity of the shoulder injury he suffered on Monday night against the Browns. You know, the, the Raiders are still in contention here. They're still ready to rock. Uh, do you think that the, the Vegas Raiders, um, I mean, it, this is obviously a big loss for them, losing Jonathan Abram. Uh, do you think the Raiders have a shot without him, or do you think that it's it's kind of game, set, and match for them at this point? They still have a shot because they're playing the, the, the Broncos, who are going to have Drew Locke at, at the helm, so I, I, it's going to make it a game. Yeah, I, I think it makes it a lot closer of a game than we'd expect. And uh, that is our news Around the league now, Tyler. Well, we kind of—it's kind of all the news because we do have some breaking. Oh, we have breaking news. We have breaking news. Oh yeah, breaking news, Tyler. What do we got? We got a few things. Oh boy. The first one we'll start with: the Rams have activated Cam Akers. Oh off of boy. IR. Oh boy. So it's time to say bye bye. Come playoff time to Henderson and Michelle, because if Akers is healthy, it is the Cam Akers show. Oh, man, that's a huge boon for Kim, for, for the Rams there, getting Cam Akers back on the field. That's huge. If he comes out running like he did last year. In the second half? Oh. Yes. We're in for a show. I'm excited for that. I might have to, oh, man. But at the same time, I'm like crapping my pants because he's getting ready to take on my Vikings. He won't I, be playing this week. Yeah, but still, I mean, Cam Akers. But he returned get, to practice. Yeah, he's got 21 days to get back on the field from IR now. So he's he's got 21 days since Just he's been get him, get him ready for playoffs is, is would be my my move. Yep, yep. You might wow because Henderson and Michelle are doing are doing well enough. You're in you're making the playoffs. Get him ready for a booming playoff run. 
Yep, and that's that's going to get real nasty real quick if he winds up back on the field. Also activated off the IR, AJ Brown back there at practice. Been out a month. They've been str- Titans been struggling without Brown and Henry, and he got one of them back. Yep, we we were just talking about him. They were you know him and, and Jones doing walkthroughs and stuff like that. Now here we go. Now we know AJ Brown is officially active. Um, happens right here on the show. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> He's officially active. So there we go. AJ Brown back on the field. And is that is that our news? That's not it. That's not it. There's more. The Bucks place Levante David and for and we are talking about Fournette on the IR. So David's also been put on for, on IR. Oh, and and Levante David. I mean. Huge part of the the Bucks defense there, the um, linebacker tandem there. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised by that. Um, I knew he's got an ankle injury, so uh, or he had an ankle injury. Now he's he, and it's and it's a foot injury that now that he's out for the rest of the season. Wow, mm-hmm. wow, huge yeah. loss for the Bucks going into a playoff run. Ufa, that's it's brutal. been a it's been a wild. Basically, while we're on the show, a lot of the stuff's happening. Yeah. Um, also, so we have some, so we have a couple other activations. We have Kenny Clark from the Packers is back back from COVID protocol. That's a that's big huge. boost. That's huge for them. He's he shores up that interior so well. Um, Kenny Clark, he he's a brutal brutal defensive lineman. So that's a big boon for them. And last but not least, ahead of a very critical critical matchup in a. At this point, any game, if you're if you're on the cusp of the playoffs, is must win. The Saints have placed both quarterbacks, Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, on the COVID list. Yikes! Yikes! And who Ian Book expected to start. Who is the Ian Book kid? Oh my lord! Unless both one. One of either Hill or Simeon, who are both vaccinated, can have two negative tests before their Monday night matchup. Which is fully possible. Which is fully possible because as we talk about this, it's Wednesday? Yeah. No, it's Thursday. It's Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. But there's a, they have a better odds since since they play Monday as opposed to it being Sunday or tonight or Saturday. Man. But, but if they don't play... Saints are in some shit because they're playing a red hot Dolphins team. Yeah. That I don't think they can beat if Ian Book is is behind center. No, I don't think they can at all. <laughs> well, that could spell the end of the Saints, depending on what happens with Taysom Hill and company. You, you uh, see you see, Scott? Uh like I said, Winston's there in Hill. Winston would never get COVID. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. He just steals lobster from the grocery store. Oh god! Yeah, the, the lobster has COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <With his> lobster. <laughs> the lobster has COVID. <laughs> so, and and Tyler, is that it for it? That's that's it. I'm gonna do one last refresh here, but that's a crazy like last two hours of of news hits here. Yeah, yeah. That's all I have for breaking news. Jeez, oh Pete. So that's our news around the league, just just blasting us in the face at the last second. I'm glad that that you were hitting that refresh button because. Uh, Sometimes during this show, we're we're doing the the delicate, th- especially with the way COVID's been hitting. Like, we're bad time for us to be hitting. Like, whether it be fantasy, whether it be NFL playoffs, like right now is not when you want this to be hitting hard like this. Right. 
COVID-19 is going to cause some people to lose their, their fantasy playoffs. It's going to cost fantasy playoffs. It's going to, it's going to cost, cost someone a Super Bowl. Yep. It's, it's getting to that point. So now we have uh, some games coming up, Tyler. We got predictions. Do we know what our official scores are? Yes. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you had, you had caught back up and we were tied. But the last two weeks, I, I gained a game on each week. Okay. So I'm down two. Yes. All right. Well, I know I took some some unnecessary risks, but I had to. <laughs> so here we I had to I wanted to try something new and try and overtake you. But um so are you ready, Tyler? Let's do it. All right, here are our predictions for week 16 in the NFL, starting with the Thursday game, the Niners and the Titans. I'm going with the Niners here, regardless of whether or not A.J. Brown is back. I don't really care. I want the Niners in this game. I think they're going to run all over the Titans. I'm taking 49ers, too. I think A.J. Brown's back at practice, but he's not playing tonight. Yeah, so I, I'm going Niners here. Uh, next up, you got we got some Saturday games, and hopefully it stays at two Saturday games. The Browns and the Packers are the 430 game. I'm going Packers here. Browns have too many injuries. Packers are getting guys back. Aaron Rodgers playing good ball. I'm going Packers. Packers all day. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Colts and the Cardinals. This could be like, and it's at eight, it's a night game. It's on Saturday. This could be like a game of the week situation. Arizona's favored to win. I don't care. I'm going Colts here. Taking the Colts. Yeah. Even that's, I don't care if Arizona. That's that's ballsy because you know what? I'm also taking the Colts. Yeah, I think the Colts are too hot right now. I, I just think that the Colts are, are the hot. The Colts hot. are red, red hot right now. Yep, and the Cardinals are on a sort of a downturn. I'm going Colts. I, I just think it makes sense. I'm going, I've got to go with the Colts. Uh, next up, we got the Falcons and the Lions. This one to me is a no-brainer without golf on the field. I'm going Falcons here. Yeah, golf ain't playing. If golf was playing, it'd be a conversation, but I think the Falcons get it done. Yeah, I'm going with the Falcons. Uh, next up, you got the Eagles and the Giants. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles here. Danny Dimes isn't there. Look, I want Jake Fromm to just light the world on fire and make us look stupid because I'm pretty sure you're going with the Eagles too. But, um, you know, I hope he makes us look dumb, but I'm still going with the Eagles. And, you know, I am too. I think Fromm could be good, but it's not It's not going to be a, a, a turnaround in just this one week. It's going to take a couple of weeks. Yeah, I hope he has like a Kurt Warner debut. I just hope he's be something. That would be something. Uh, next up, you got the Jags and the Jets. Now, look, I, I, the Jets have some nice weapons over there. The Jags have been really rough around the edges. I know that the Jags have that number one pick. I'm having this weird feeling. I'm going with the Jags here. I think James Robinson runs all over the Jets. The uh... The Jags are not going to let that pick go. They, they're, they're good at getting it and keeping it. They're going to uh, – I'm going to go Jets here. Just The Jets – the Jags are going to make sure they lose. Yeah. Yeah, they could. They could be tanking tanking for Kayvon here. Tank for Thibodeau. <laughs> that's, that's where I think they're headed. Next up, you got the Bucks and the Panthers. Look, the Panthers are a dumpster fire. The Bucks are missing pieces. I still think Tom Brady gets it done. I'm going with the Bucks here. Oh, easy. I, I I mean, I'm not saying that, that Brady's going to look like a superstar, but he's definitely going to um, be, play good enough to, to beat, the, beat the Panthers. Yeah, I think the bigger story is Rojo. I, I think Ronald Jones is going to be the bigger story in this situation. He's going to be the guy that takes it home. 
next up, you got the Chargers and the Texans. I'm going Chargers here. You know, they, they get away with it against the Texans. You never know which Texans team is going to show up week over week. Some weeks they're world beaters. Some weeks they're garbage. But I think this is this Chargers just going to stomp them out and, and just take this win. I'm right there with you. I, I believe the Chargers got this one in the bag. Yeah. Next up, uh, an interesting one. You got Patriots and Bills. I'm going with the Patriots here. I, I think that the Bills, in spite of the fact that they're winning the games they should win, now you got the Patriots. They they ran the ball nonstop to beat the Bills. Now they have the ability to run and throw the ball. I'm going with the Patriots. You know, I and I don't think we guys going to talk about this because I, w- I was gone. But, uh, yes, they ran all over the Bills. But... There was the interview with the Bills defenders, and they said, "How do you feel that you that you couldn't stop the, the Patriots, even though you knew they were only going to run the ball?" And the the Bills' response, did you, did you see this? I did not. The Bills' response was, "Yeah, they ran for on us for 270 yards. That's not great." Goes, but in the grand scheme of things, we held them to under 300 total yards. That's a defensive win, so it doesn't matter. Right. Because they, they, they only scored two times. So, because in, in my eyes, the defense did their job, which he's not wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong in this situation. But I think even though the Patriots have been weirdly quiet last few weeks, I think the Bills still have a lot of shit they're working out. And I think it's going to continue this week. I think the Patriots finish this week this week. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, and next up, we've got the Rams and the Vikings. I think this is like the dagger game for the Vikings where, where their playoff hopes are about to get dashed. Uh, Rams win this game, no doubt in my mind. I, I'm going Rams. I'm, I'm there with you in the Rams in this one. Rams are strangely hot right now. Uh, next up, we got the Ravens and the Bengals. This could be a fun game. I'm hoping to see another breakout performance from Jamar Chase and a little bit more from Joe Mixon. I'm going Bengals in this game. I'm taking Bengals here, too, um, particularly because of the thinness of the defense this week. Yeah. I, I think Huntley could play good enough to keep him in it, but I think just the fact that Bengals are just going to be able to score at will is going to be just too much. Yeah, it's going to be painful. Um, next up, we've got the Seahawks and the Bears. I, you know, Seahawks have not played well, but they've been like kind of like coming alive a little bit. Like the Seahawks of old, they've kind of been hulking up. Russ has kind of been hulking up a little bit. I'm going Seahawks. I don't think the Bears have enough to beat them. I, I think the Seahawks got this one. Duh, Bears. You're taking the Bears. I'm taking the Bears. I think Fields will play just good enough. I think the Seahawks pieces are kind of falling apart at the seams. I think the Bears have been, even though they've not been great, they've been playing this weird, hard-nosed, keep-themselves-in-game football. And yeah. I think the Seahawks are just bad enough for them to beat the Seahawks. I could see it. I think it's a much more evenly matched game than we, we would have thought but, you know, earlier on in the season. We would have said Seahawks all day. I know, but at this stage, the Bears are only a game behind the Seahawks. Right. So, I mean, it could get interesting. Seahawks have gotten, like I said, weirdly hot in the last couple of weeks. They had a rough game last week, but the couple weeks before, they looked pretty good. I want to see what they can do. I, I, I'm calling. I'm going with the Seahawks. You're going with the Bears. Next up, we got Broncos and Raiders. Kind of a tough one. The Raiders, have they squeaked one out earlier this week against the, uh, the Brownies. I'm going to go Broncos here. I'm going Javante Williams going to run all over. You know, 
before the injury, I would have definitely picked the Broncos because I know you don't like Bridgewater, but I think we can both agree that Bridgewater is definitely better than Drew Locke. He is. But I, and but there is that level, and, and you're and you and you even said it. You're 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 banking on that run game. Yeah. And I think it would have been a close game with Bridgewater in, but I, I think this turns them to be a little bit too one-dimensional, and the and the Raiders' good D line that's been fairly solid this year is going to be able to get the job done this year. I, I'm I'm going I'm going to go go Raiders. Yeah, their front seven's been really good. I'm hoping I I'm just hoping to see that that run game kind of opens up for the Broncos, and we can see what they they go with from there. Um, next up, we got the Steelers and the Chiefs. Now, bear in mind, the Chiefs are still missing a lot of pieces, but I'm still going with the Chiefs in this game. I think Patrick Mahomes has been hot enough to be able to get it done. I'm going Chiefs. I am, too, because I think there's also a chance that some of those guys can come back. Yeah. But I'm going to go Chiefs here to play the same. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Next up, we got the Cowboys and the Washington football team. We don't know what's going to happen with Taylor Heineke, so I'm going with the Cowboys. I think this is a no-brainer. I think either way it's going to be a Cowboys letting everyone know hey you guys are talking about every other team in this league but hey we're also one of those 10 win teams right now right yeah I'm going Cowboys and then last but not least you got and actually a pretty good game lined up but now that we know what we know about the quarterback situation with New Orleans you got Dolphins and the Saints uh New Orleans is favored but I don't know about that anymore I'm going Dolphins here I was taking Dolphins either way yeah because I'm still I'm standing by my taste on Hilton. He's had the one good game. But other than that, he's played less than he was when he was in last year or the year before. Right. So, and that's where we are. So those are your predictions for uh, Week 16 the NFL. Tyler, we're getting near the end of the year here. You're near the end, the end of the season. We're almost to playoff time. Are you totally stoked for it? No, because it's just kind of where the season's headed. But. It's kind of sad we've gotten to this point, but after week 18, we're going to reveal who's who's got the most points on the uh, top 10 forgotten five MVP list. Yep, we're going to be talking getting about close. defensive rookie of the year. We're going to be talking about or our, our rookie of the year. Rather, we're going to be talking about the MVP list. We're going to be talking about the LVP list. So we got a lot of a lot of stuff I'm pretty excited about for this upcoming uh, season. Um, but with that, folks, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors over at It's Your Time Massage. Um, Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. Check her out at IYTMassage.com, or you can check her out at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Also want to give a shout out to uh, Face Kicked Apparel. Sean Stockmeyer is a wonderful, wonderful guy for uh, any of your t-shirt, hoodie, hat, any sort of clothing needs. You pick it, he sticks it. He, ah, it's easy for me to say. You pick it, he sticks it. There we go. At facekickapparel.com, get yourself your custom shirts and all that good stuff. It's high quality stuff. It's like it's like BlackRock. He picks it, you stick it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. So, and uh, with that, Tyler, we've got this uh, episode in the books, and uh, I'm totally fired up for all this football we're going to be seeing this upcoming weekend. Um, so, folks, thank you so much for listening, Tyler. Good to have you back, and uh, we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.